Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. It is Wednesday, July 6th, and don't worry, I'm completely sober. Hi, everyone. It's time for Morning Combat. I hope you're doing well. My name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of your hosting duo. I join you from the Capitol of Estados Unidos right here in Washington, D.C. By uh, Also joined by my friend to the left of me, I think to the right of your screen. He's got a lot of names. One of them is Hero in my book. He's the <laughs> king of Connecticut. He's my friend and yours. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, B.C.? Finally, finally you can call me Sully Sullenberger and let it not be a joke, Luke, because <laughs> I landed the plane of that live show. Happy to hear you survived. Uh, here we go. We're back at it from our, from our houses. But uh, Luke... You know, it's hard to be in Vegas for six days, first of all. Yep. It's hard to exit Vegas after six days without some kind of receipt. I got yep. a scratchy throat. I mean, I, my libido's dead. I mean, Luke, what else I got going for me? I'm Thank you, Vegas. I'm washed as shit, okay? Well, I always said I would be transparent, and I don't know if you can see this, but for the first time ever... Uh, I got a positive COVID test this morning. So oh, you are the father. See, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the father. That's right. I am the father of a botched Friday show, and I'm also a uh, carrier of communicable diseases. For the record, I don't feel so bad at all. I have a cough and uh, you know a little lethargic or whatever, but knock on wood, I don't feel so bad. Whatever I had in March, I thought that was COVID. That was, again, thus far, that was significantly worse than this, so... Two thumbs up. I'm here to do the show, BC. I hope you don't have now, COVID, but can yeah, you I catch? Okay. Can you catch COVID from another man hugging you and then humping you from behind in front of a live crowd? Can that uh, can that be a transactionary? Uh, you, can only, you know what you can catch from that, BC? Feelings. That's what herpes. you can catch from that, right? Herpes. There. That's what you can get. <laughs> Matt herpes. You can get yeah. Matt herpes and all kinds of stuff. We have a lot to do today, so we're going to recap Friday's show for all the good and all the bad. Uh, we'll get to as well. We do have. Some UFC 276 leftovers we have not gotten to yet as well. We're also going to look ahead to UFC Vegas 58, which is this weekend. They're all, of course, they're Showtime Boxing this weekend as well. Plus, maybe some Jake Paul news. And by the way, I think we're doing fan subs. And have you seen this shit today? Woo. So a uh, jam-packed show. What's up, BC? Yeah, I was just wooing for the crowd there out of a little Wednesday. Have you seen this ish? But Luke, uh, in addition to all that shit, nobody. Hit you up with great bonus content like we do 
at youtube.com slash morning combat. You know, it's not just Luke, the live shows, the post-fight analysis, which we did, by the way, after 276, if you want about an hour of that in our Iranian hostage room, apparently, Luke. I don't know how that passed uh, tech uh, ch tests and channeling right there. But look, uh, what we got right now, in addition to our interview with... Uh, with Josh Emmett, featherweight contender on Room Service Diaries, which we took yep. on the road. We're going to be unloading those in the next few weeks. <clears throat> that one was very timely news-wise, so please check that out. How about, Luke, finally, high court, is John Jones the GOAT available now? And, you know, yes. we got a pretty good response from this, Luke, after we've been keeping it on the shelf for a while. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I, people seem to like it. And don't forget, BC, I did do it's a little, It's you know, it's a no-frills podcast, but I did also do a... Uh, extra credit that is also available. We talk a little bit about Cerrone, some of the prelim card stuff, some Drickus Duplessis, but you're right. High Court was the big feature yesterday. It's up. Me and BC debate the dishonorable Chuck Mindenhall always lending his credibility, which we're ruining slowly over time. Uh, but it's a fun video just the same. So you I can do check love when the, when the commenters are like, man, that could have been so fun, but you know, if only BC had taken it seriously, I'm like, <laughs> what kind of show do you think this is? I'm in a, I'm in a damn wig. It's called the High Court. I mean, like, you know, it would have been better if they tried harder. Like, you know, God, look, I had no idea what that was going to look like months later. But luckily, it yeah. was okay. You know, it was yeah. okay. They could, there's always room for improvement, but you know, it's designed to be a little bit on the fun side. And uh, hope you guys like it. If not, we will welcome your feedback just the same. Also want to remind folks, Showtime is the label that pays. You're not going to see BC this weekend on Showtime Boxing, but there is Showtime Boxing back. You can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, keep it. If not, you can do whatever you want. And BC, the merch rolls on. We got some new stuff coming out at MorningCombat.store. Based on what RJ Dunkelcovid told us, what are you most excited about? You know, this Friday, uh, a merch item that I've been barking about wanting to see it on the website. Now, I, granted, I don't know what it looks like, Luke. I'm going to see the design, you know, hopefully later today. But we got new merch rolling out this week right now, morningcombat.store. You can look just like us. It's a low-T starter pack, Luke. You can get the dad hat. You can get the coffee mug, the uh, whatever you need there. Look, if you haven't been on our website in a while, uh, go there, morningcombat.store. Uh, we, we got the best merch in the game. That's it. Thin or thick. Okay, we're, we're, we're the place to go. So check it out. Uh, you're going to like the way you look in it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Uh, and of course, morningcombat at gmail.com. That'll be for fan subs as we do them today, by the way, also for Dead Wrong. And of course, by Friday's Dead Wrong, we're overdue for two weeks. So that bill is probably going to be real heavy. They're going to kill us. But that is how that goes. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Uh, BC, you know what also is going to be very prevalent in our lives? Oh, sorry, go ahead, buddy. What, what did I miss? I was going to say that normally after a trip I would out west, I'd be complaining about how bad the food in Vegas is, and, and it is, Luke. But you talk, you took me off strip to like one of those authentic places where like the 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 the, the street workers go to eat before their shift, Luke. And uh, I had Ruffles uh, Juan Charles, and it was just you know, it was carnival. And it was great. It was great, Luke. I mean, it was, are, you it was doing great. A, are you doing a bit? I'm not ever sure like what bit you're doing, but Skits I have a feeling bits. you're doing a bit. Skits and bits, Luke. All yeah, right. You know, you borrow uh, from the, those so that are, that are in brilliant. In fairness, yep. the place he's talking about is called Beer and Tacos. It's a, He's right. It's about it's a couple miles off strip. It's super good, sort of Tex-Mex food, not too expensive. Service is fast. If you're ever in Vegas, you want to just get the hell off strip. 
Go to Beer and Tacos. That's actually the name of the place. Yeah. So it was really, really You want to know actually. where the where the strippers eat before their shift? Go to Beer and Tacos. There you go. All right. I really hope. Strip. I really hope the strippers don't go to Beer and Tacos before getting on the pole, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yes, thank you. Uh, BC, I want to remind folks, though, that one thing I'm going to be hitting up now that I have uh, the Rona monster inside of me. I'm going to be vape hitting stick? up some. That so vape stick or what? <laughs> the vape stick may or may. I got to dial that back a little bit, I feel like. But. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Uh, AG1. AG1, no matter Ooh. what state you're in, super healthy in the middle. You got some work to do to catch up and be normal again. AG1, BC, you know this as well as I do. It's going to do you right. I mean, I'm, in, I'm not only the hair club president with AG1. I'm also a client here inside this glass at the moment. And here's the deal, Luke. One scoop a day. There's too many things you do that set yourself back physically, mentally, emotionally, if you will. But how about taking a, something positive in the morning? I like it because it doesn't taste like medicine or super healthy, but it feels super healthy. Luke, that tropical taste, I wake up each morning craving it. I got to tell you, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals. You got whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, the works, BC, and it's just one scoop. Yeah. Simple to use. And people are always like, yo, BC, what does it do, though? Right? I'm like, how about supporting your gut health? Your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging, and hopefully soon, Luke, after I talk to the proprietors, your libido. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. And, you know, take it on the road with you as I do. Take, take it everywhere. It can become a part of your lifestyle. And you want to know the cost? How about less than three bucks per day? This is you investing in your future and your health, and yet it's still cheaper than that cold brew habit you got there over at uh, Gregory's Coffee Shop. Yeah, I see you there in Jersey City, Luke. Taking you never athletic... go to Starbucks, bro. You I never do. Gregory's. do. I do like Gregory's. Uh, taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Also, not vaping. Yeah, and you know, uh, how about 7,000 people can't be wrong putting out five-star reviews about this product online, trusted even by the leading health experts like Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais. Look, if we ever cross paths with Joe Rogan again, I'm going to ask him whether he uses it. Well, are you on it, Joe? Are you all about AG1? You know what I mean? Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Mm-hmm. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easier, <laughs> Athletic Greens now offering you, MK Consumer, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, little droplets once a day. Feels great. Five free travel packs that we mentioned with your first purchase. All you have to do right now is dial into the information superhighway, Right. Ride it all night long to the address of athleticgreens.com slash morning combat. Again, that is athleticgreens, plural, dot com slash morning combat, combat with a K, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, BC, if you're ready, you want to get the show started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, topic number one, what else would it be? The Friday show. There were some positives, but there were plenty of negatives as well. And BC, I'll set it up just in that way and then pitch it over to you, my yeah. my Sully Sullenberger friend, helping out a friend in need. How do you want to start this conversation? What comes to top of mind first? Um, we did a live show on Friday. We tried to one-up what we did a year ago in Las Vegas for 
Connor Poiwe three. We failed. So we'll we'll sit here. You want dead wrong us on a Wednesday? We'll sit here and take the L. Uh, you know, true craftsman Luke would dig a little bit deeper to find out why we failed, which is what I hope to explain today, along with you getting a chance to uh, explain yourself to the people. But before we do, that great wizard, Jake, the documentarian, has sent us a little mashup of some of your uh, greatest moments that he has for the doc from this show. We can get, if anyone that missed it, can get a little taste of it. Go ahead, Long Island Luke on the ones and twos. Thank you. Uh, Jake, where are you from, bud? Canada. Yo, fuck Jake. I'm feeling these margaritas, Brian Campbell. You may understand you grew up in Yuma? One raised. Yeah? That's, that sucks. Um, hey, can I give a prediction guess. for the fight? Can I give a prediction for Max and Volk? Uh, yeah. Hey, can I give my prediction for Max and Volk? I thought we were going to be nice to our guests, but fuck him. Boo! I mean, Boo this man! Boo! <laughs> People don't know this. Mike Bond is the ladies' man. Bang your fans. That's what Mike Bond does. Yo, fuck Mike Bond. You can get back to Mike Boner. Man, get another shout Mike out to Beer House, by the way. Here I'm just questioning that route loud. Because, you know, Luke, if you could chill for a second. Please, I'm supposed to be doing some drinking. All right, we can cut it now. It keeps going. Uh, that was the wrong video, actually. That was sent in by a user who compiled all of your best moments. I was talking about the other video, the one I mix. Can we throw to that? Which pretty much encapsulates Luke's, uh, Luke's time uh, uh, atop the show. Yeah. I, they don't have another video they're saying. I mean, right, you can great, air it on great, Friday. Great production work by our team here. Great, great work here. Uh, there goes that one, Luke. All right. Well, with those jokes... Uh, uh, <coughs> painfully out of the way here uh <clears throat> luke um it was abrasive it didn't really hit yes there's a portion of our audience that are calling this just a, a sh you know shit storm of success that's you know par for the course for this brand and in some ways boy is it in fact the aforementioned jake luke you could you could agree with has a lot to work with now in terms mm -hmm. of the doc seven that he's currently mm -hmm. compiling but, Luke, how did we get here? Um, I, you know, I think you panicked. Here's what the people yes. don't know. All right? Yes, we want to win. We want to win big. Right? We had some tech issues. No surprise, right? The history of the show. I couldn't pull off that well-executed joke I just had right there because we don't have the video, Luke. Okay? That happens in this show. In the end, everyone outside of the restaurant could hear us perfectly. Everyone going back to the bathroom or getting a drink could hear us perfectly. Unfortunately, the people who needed to each hear each other perfectly couldn't. The crowd that was in attendance, hundreds of them, and by the way, Luke, they were amazing. We can get to that in a second. Amazing. They couldn't hear us like every other word or every other sentence. And then, Luke, on top of it, something you and I barked at during the show, I couldn't hear you for half of it. Often, I couldn't even hear the guy next to me, whether it's Bronsted or, or Rashad or... By the way, special thanks to Chuck Mindenhall and uh, Mike Bone for showing up, uh, among many others. Jimmy Smith stopped by and said hi. Uh, New Manza, Luke, was in the building as well. Joaquin but, Buckley was there? Yeah, he came up afterwards. But yeah, he pulled a uh -huh. Nate Diaz on aerial show type fly in at the last second. But Luke, um, I think because they couldn't hear us properly. And, and did we overcompensate and play to the, the house way more than we were playing to the you know, 50,000 at home. I, I think yes in the end. Ideally, Luke, I wanted to give them the serious, intense breakdown of the fights, have real guests, and then completely go off the rails. I think because it looked like we were bombing, but in reality, they couldn't hear us. We couldn't play off the crowd. We couldn't use the reaction of a joke as fuel 
to go into the next thing, I think you may have panicked and went from zero to like pasty white girl drunk. Luke, can yeah. we start there? Yeah. And I don't, I'm not here to pile on because look, it's okay. I, I'm not mad. I, I, listen, I'm not I mad. Coming, so you can do what you want. I, I, I'm not mad because I've been that guy. I've been that guy on this show, right? I've been that guy a million times in my life. Unfortunately, Luke. Okay. I was mad. We didn't deliver artistically to our goal. Yes. Yes, I was. But uh, I think you may have panicked. How did you go, though, given your history of drinking, you know, different days, but, you know, 50-something to get you lit? Yeah. You went from, from zero to Tasmanian Devil off of, like, off of like two margaritas. Luke, what happened? It was the third one that set me over. But, yeah, hardly a difference. You're right. I did panic. So, basically, you, you set it up correctly. Like, for example, Rashad was sitting in the middle of us. If Rashad turned to BC, I couldn't hear a word he was saying. Like nothing, I could not. Uh, I could not hear it at all. In fact, Aaron Bronstetter would look at me, and he would like be yelling into the mic, and I could barely hear him. So what was happening was you were guiding it, but there was the the audience in an, in behind us just wasn't reacting to anything, and so I thought, well, this is a disaster, and what the hell is going to happen here? So I rushed it to the part where we got into like crowd interactions like the wheel or like the 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 questions but then that, let, that was one problem the other let problem me interrupt was, you to to yeah, say though that we did have some big wins in that in that in that yes. second half of the show yes we, we did, did. There was, so there were, there were some definite wins i mean there was listen here was the reality i panicked a little bit because i the audience behind and also it was really weird i've never done a show where i'm directing to an audience that's actually behind me every time i've done that at the beer house this is actually my fourth or fifth broadcast from there I've done them with SiriusXM, so there's no video. So you face the audience that's in front of you, and then the audience that's listening on their car or their phone or whatever, they can hear you, and there's no difference. Here, there was an audience, we were talking to the cameras, and then there was another one we had to react to behind us, and it was a little bit awkward for me. Then on top of it, I was totally mismanaging my alcohol intake and getting white girl wasted off of like five white claws in 10 minutes, and all of those <laughs> factors compounded into what you saw there. Now, you did bring up that there were some wins. BC, I do think this is worth acknowledging. First of all, I want to say something to you. BC, you controlled that show, and it would have been significantly worse but for you. So as your partner in this, I do, I've do. i already apologized to you personally, but on the air, I am sorry, dude. I really let you down. I let some of the fans down. I acknowledge my role in it right up front. There's no denying that I contributed to how bad it was, and I'm the key contributor to how bad it was. Yes, we had tech issues, but I made it worse. There's just no denying it. So I apologize to you. Number one, I apologize to the staff who helped us out, whether they were Beer House or whatever, whether they were Malka. Again, that was not the way it was supposed to go. And to what extent I had a role in that, which is a very large one, I apologize to them as well. And also to the fans at home, which I'm going to separate here a little bit, to the fans at home, they were expecting something different. And again, I take full responsibility for that. I just didn't do a great job. I did a quite a poor job and I made your job harder and, and it just shouldn't have gone like that. What I will say is not so much in defense of me. This is actually more defense of you. Number one, the fans in attendance, they did seem to like it. Dude, they stuck around a long time after that show was over, and I didn't hear a single bad word. Secondly, dude, you had a line out the, you had a Helwani like line out the door. You know, I took pictures. We did hugs and hand pounds. You know, a couple people yeah. cried. I mean, it was an amazing emotional time. Thank you to the fans that came out, shared their life story. Look, you had a line going all the way out to the arena, it seemed like, of people that just wanted a piece of you. 
Yeah, and so I tried to take a picture with every single one that asked, no, you know, and I just hung around. So none of those people complained to me. They all seem to be pretty happy for whatever that's worth. And perhaps most importantly, BC, and you know this as well as I do, so please, if I'm saying anything wrong, don't let it go unchallenged. But our understanding is that MGM loved it and can't wait to have us back. What have I said that's wrong that you feel no, like needs to be corrected? I mean, we can't go into the full details, but there it was one of those, oh, oh crap, how many times do you think you can do this per year you know what i mean it was one of those yeah. type deals so uh we'll see we'll see how we can build on it obviously look just just from a fan user experience they still got entertainment to some people that's how the show should be it's legendary it's lucas you know anchorman uh you know what i mean whale's vagina there san diego uh uh what's the guy's name you know what i'm talking about i've actually um, never seen anchorman ron burgundy oh oh ron at least burgundy. once come on at least once but we could do and will do so much better in the future on the road. Um, you know, I mean, look, there was some debate beforehand. Should this just be a live show for the live people in attendance? And I think it doesn't have to be, but I think in the future, sitting at them, making sure they can hear you playing off the crowd, I don't think we can fail in that setting. So uh, it's only up from here, Luke. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. keep we're gonna keep keep. So doing again, this. I just want to be clear. This will, I, I will absolutely, people are like, oh, you're ever going to drink on camera again. Fuckers, I've been drinking on camera for 12 years. I've only had one of these incidents. So, you know, <laughs> I like, will I've do been it a again. closet drunk for a long time. You guys just picking up <laughs> yeah. on it. All right. No, no, but I also, don't, I never hardly drink anymore. I didn't have anything to eat that day before. And it was, dude, it was just mismanagement for me from top to bottom. You saved it. There's no denying it. I acknowledge well, it up front. But I do defense. think, I do think, I want to be, I want to say one last thing. Yeah. I am promising the fans, I can't guarantee that it'll be a perfect show next time, but what I can guarantee is I I will can and will do a significantly better job in many ways, not limited to, probably going to dial back the drinking on air as yes. it gets started. Right. And you know, and we can always improve our segments and question writing and all that stuff and we will. It was it just <laughs> boy did it go up in flames it did. But look, in your defense, I, I don't say this cuz I want some Barry Horowitz and going on. But we sold out last week. Some of the content you guys have already seen and you've enjoyed it. Some of it you'll see in the f next few weeks and months. But, Luke, I mean, your um, your immunity and resistance systems, you know, were down. You know what I mean? You were, you know, you were like uh, uh, Big, Bigfoot Silva in round five against Mark Hunt in the first fight. Oh, I mean, you're just, you know, you're, you know, more exhausted. And, 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 and it, it was just the perfect storm of, of Shiat. But I appreciate your honesty and your uh, humility here. And I do want to thank everyone who kind of built their week around watching this. And if it was a flat tire to you, again, we apologize. The doc's going to be great. We will definitely make it up in the future. But Luke, staying with the good for a second. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay, let's just go to it then. Okay. This is this a, time, a comedy this of time, errors right here. This, see, is this time, the Hasselhoff is more than more. All than right, okay. yes. So here's the uh, footage Jake captured immediately after the live show. Go ahead, Long Island Luke. Thank you. Thank you for the. Uh, yeah, there's the. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, Luke. Burger. Oh. Fries. <laughs> yeah all right there oh, we go we still got it out i mean that's oh, like a that is hilarious that is yeah. I, I did have salmon after the show i want to be very clear about no that, dude but. you were like i'll say what we went out to a dinner afterwards i didn't know what to expect i didn't know if you were going to be in one piece you yeah. were not only with it but it was a little bit humorous when you're like i thought that show was great did you yeah, guys you know what's so funny you know what's so funny is dude my internal radar is absolute trash because I left the Max interview 
And it, like it's it's weird when you do one of those interviews because there's a bunch of people standing around and we had to get out of there quickly because another crew was coming in. And it may not look this way, but we BC, tell me if I'm exaggerating any part of this. We had this dude from uh, our our camera and lighting guy was like this genius guy, but he needs time to set up and then tear down. So he had set up all the lights to make it look the way it did and blah, blah, blah. And then when it was over, we had to get the hell out of there because like uh, I think the Mac Life guys were coming in. And no one said anything like at all. And so I was like, oh, man, I think that interview went poorly. And then everybody loved it. And then Friday, I was like, yeah, that wasn't so bad at first when I wasn't thinking straight. And then I was BC was like, uh, they're calling it the Habib Connor presser of, <laughs> of MK shows. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I full saw disclosure. I did contact Showtime and say, maybe we should pull the video full disclosure. But you know what, Luke, it had. Touches of a drunken best man speech at a shitty wedding. There were some, you know, there's some good redeemable moments in there. So uh, I'm not mad. And oh, by the way, for for full, full disclosure, the night before we interviewed Josh Emmett on the Room Service yes. Diaries couch, which you can, you know, listen to right now and watch on YouTube. And BC and may or may not have all the, the, the gummies in Vegas in his tummy. I don't know. Dude, I went, I got there directly off of the eighth seat in row, row Delta there, Luke. And, uh, you know, he's, I transitioned from, oh, your brother died of drug overdose to, hey, bro, like, you get a phoner lately in these fights? I mean, look, you know, I couldn't have been more of a uh, rambling piece of crap. So uh, it happens. That's it. Let's put it to bed. But I do want to quickly, quickly, before we get into real stuff, just hit okay. your, your one-on-one with Punch Drunk Pete. I don't think you actually know how, like, that got to be that guy. His real name's Greg. He's from Toronto. We love you, Punch Drunk P. I mean, uh, did I think by the end of the show you might follow me home? Yes, but but you know, I I would have I would have you know clothed you and fed you. Believe me, you know, that was that's where it would have stopped though. Um, Luke, he had been texting or DMing me. Excuse me, all week saying if I get a chance, I got to do a a drink off against Luke. I even wrote it into one of the failed Wheel of Death questions that you didn't spin on. Of course, for our bad luck, you had to roll you know spin on every every failed question. Um, it was like written in the in the stars that you were going to go one on one, and you naturally called him out and challenged him, Luke. And well, then here's you the thing: delivered, you can see, dude. You, you can see that in my early to mid twenties, I did a lot of drinking in the military and in the fraternity house. I'm no longer good at it. Uh, in fact, I'm remarkably shitty. But but you could see old Frank the Tank in there came out for a day, and I mean, it looked things. like. It looked like Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler too, unfortunately, but you still bodied him. Look, you still came out with the win. I look, I'm not gonna lie. That was a young kid. You don't know about his background. You you defeated him, and then afterwards, you know, Punch Drunk Pete was like he legitimately was he was like um he was like Kobayashi in that interview after the bear ate the hot dogs, Luke. He was like, he's a, he's the next frat guy. You know, he's the next frat guy. So, you know, Luke, you did um retain something positive from that experience as a follower those years well, and you know you brought fair, it up fair enough to say bc you were the star of the show there's no denying it i recognize it up front i'm grateful for your understanding i'm grateful for your professionalism and i know and i know well we can't do much worse but i know <laughs> i know we can do better well who do you think was the mvp because i got a shout out anthony little anthony in the, Imper- in the imperials and his wife luke i thought he was saul because I thought they look like two of our famous fans on fan subs. And then when I was like, yo, where's Saul at? Anthony's like, yo, over here. So I got fooled. All right. But Anthony and his wife, look, you talked to them for a while. Yeah. They got engaged through MK fan subs. They're getting married through MK fan subs. And Anthony afterwards was like, 
we're going to conceive this child through MK fan subs. Luke, what could we be expecting in our DM soon from this guy? I don't know, but he was an MVP, and his fiance, I guess, was an MVP as well. Dude, there was a lot of people. There's a, a guy who's been following my career for a long time named Jason who showed up from California. He drove all the way out. It was nice to see him again. There's a lot of people that, again, the in-person, the, the folks who were there, I do think that they had mostly a decent time, um, but you live and learn. So there right. you go. And Mike, I was going to say dad. the MVP was Mike from Arizona who had that that tattooed doctor wife, Luke. That guy yes. was MK, MK proof. He drove all the way just for us. Shout out to yes. Mike there. Lots of lots of MVPs in that audience. We appreciate every one of them. All right. With that in mind, BC, let's talk a little bit about UFC 276 that we did not get to. Now, we did do a post fight show that is up on the channel. I did do a sort of a kind of a fast um, extra credit. But there's a couple of questions sort of hanging over. The event. The first one is about Izzy's main event and how boring it was. There's a lot of complaints out there. BC, where are you on this equation? We talked about it a little bit on Saturday night, but I'd like to go back and, re- and do a little bit more now that we've had time to, to talk uh, reflect about it. How fair is it to say that through the majority of his title defenses, Izzy has been, again, according to some of these criticisms, a boring champion? It's certainly more unfair than it's fair, Luke. And I'm very surprised that this has gone on. Like, do I expect the crowd to maybe boo because they wanted a war? They wanted something different? I get that, okay? Do I expect fan tweets? Look, I almost saw, like, journalism-level tweet. Like, I've seen a lot of people I didn't expect kind of really push this, hey, Izzy may be great, but he's boring as shit. So here's the final score on this from my perspective. You ask me. Will it affect his, you know commercial marketable seal well yeah anyway you know anytime you're comparing him which we're trying to do to the all-time greats in in really particular anderson silva he hasn't had that run that silva had of making you know air jordan moments happen you know pulling victory from the claws of defeat doing sublime video games. he's had flashes of that but he's his own fighter we don't want him to be anderson silva 2.0 so will it affect will you not become the star you could be if you're not finishing dudes, yeah. You know, there's very rare Floyd Mayweathers who can talk so many people into the building and then just dissect them, even if it's boring. You know, Adesanya has a little bit of that Mayweather flair going right now. And what I mean by that is, Luke, he has eliminated so many of the dangers in fights in order to play to his advantage, yet still operates right the heck in front of you. Still operated right there against Cannoneer. Did he... Did the fans deserve more when he walks out with an urn with Jared's name on it? Look, you can argue that all you want. And there's always going to be a side of this audience that's just like, he doesn't entertain me, I don't care about him, he's not pound for pound great. Whatever. I can't believe how many mainstream people are, are buying into this, Luke. This guy's brilliant. He comes forward. But unless you're willing to risk it all, it's probably going to be a boring fight. Luke, I got no issue with that. He's number two pound for pound on my updated, or sorry, number three on my updated CBS Sports rankings. You can put him as high as one if you want. At middleweight, where he operates, people are not touching him outside of that Gastelum fight. They're just not touching him. He's getting better. If that's not exciting to you, like he's not fighting in a circling defensive style. He's standing in the pocket looking to counter you and forcing you to make a mistake and come after you. Some people have tried to slow down and hold the ball like Romero. Came close. Didn't get the upset win. How are you going to beat this guy? You got to fight him, Luke. And, you know, if if people want to hold it against him because he's not getting finishes, it's not for lack of trying. Even if he's not demonstrably chasing guys down to finish him, he's fighting, in my eyes, an entertaining, somewhat risky style in the center of the cage. What more do you guys want from him? 
It's remarkable to me. I mean, if someone wanted to say, was the title run and the middleweight push of Anderson Silva pound for pound more exciting than Izzy's, you could make that argument. I don't really have a problem with that. that in fact, I'd probably agree. It probably was fight over fight more exciting. But I see also people being like, oh, Anderson Silva never bored people. Like, what fucking planet are you guys living on? The Cote fight sucked until Cote blew his knees out. Then the Talos Laites fight sucked. And the Demi and Maya fight was so bad that his own promoter trashed him for months on end. In fact, you can't really explain the rise of Chael Sonnen and the success he had without Anderson Silva being, but for a time anyway, hated, reviled. Folks thought he was full of himself and then didn't really want to, you know, didn't want to do anything for the fans because he was so full of himself. He fought in a way that was too reserved. That partly made the rise of Chael Sonnen possible. Like he was, his character was assassinated for a long time. Now he eventually overcame that, and there was other parts in between, like the Force Griffin fight, that really rejuvenated it. But it's simply not true that when people say, "Oh, no one ever booed Anderson Silva," bullshit. They absolutely did. Maybe not as much, but they certainly did. So that's the first thing I'd say. Uh, on top of you know, if you wanted to compare their reigns, the second part I'd say is listen. If y'all found it boring, I don't like people are going to like what they're going to like and you can't browbeat them out of it. You know, it, it is what it is. And did I think that, that fight was super thrilling from an entertainment standpoint? No, of course not. I mean, it would be silly to say something like that. However, when you're dealing with a record of dominance like he has, I mean, again, you're getting all of these contenders and in so, for several cases, these very top contenders getting multiple opportunities to go against them and they can barely do shit to him. Like when you have that level of greatness, there should be a conference of some level of respect about what that means and how difficult this challenge is. And I saw a tweet from the, I guess he's still the videographer at MMA Fighting, um, EKC Layden, and he had argued like, what, what you see from the middleweight division is they figured out how to not get knocked out by Izzy, but they haven't figured out a way to put offense behind what they're doing and also not get knocked out. So to me, if you want to put some blame on Izzy for fighting a sort of Mayweather-esque style, I certainly think you can do that. But you also have to put an equal and potentially more amount of blame on the fact that his contemporaries have tons of tape on him, in certain cases getting multiple opportunities at him, and they still can't do it. He is the puzzle to be solved, not the other way around. I just hope folks understand you're dealing with a level of greatness that is different than other champions. That should be respected and understood. Like I, I think I rightfully ripped him after the Romero fight just to say this. At that level, you can't take that risk of not doing enough and hoping the judges preferred the little that you did. But Luke, he's never had that moment again. You know what I'm saying? Like when Costa was there, he walked him down and got rid of him. Vittori tried his best to walk him down and get rid of him. Cannoneer, we do have to realize, is a different level of danger. Yet he still stood in front of him and olayed the shit out of him. It's like, if it's if people are just saying, look, he'll we'll never love him like we love Anderson because he doesn't do Anderson things. That's fair. If people say, look, I think he could be a bigger pay-per-view star, but this part of his game holds him back, that's also fair. But for mm-hmm. people to say he can't be pound for pound in the top, you know, three, four, or five because he fights boring. He doesn't freaking fight boring. He fought boring in one fight. You know what I mean? Like, again, to win the championship, you got to go after the champion and beat him, okay? Or at least got to beat him for three of the five rounds, okay? Dude, what? What? I, I'm I'm really blown away by this, Luke. And also, like you know, Eugene Behrman told the boys at Submission Radio, shouts to them. He told them that you know, let's let's see who, what your guys look like in ten to fifteen years versus mine. Now, Dan Hooker, I think, yeah. would be the exception to that rule. I think he's taken a lot of abuse. So you know, this is not a, a fully true statement. But in the case of Izzy, dude, you know this as well, BC. You get these high IQ boxers. Once they realize they don't have to take damage to win. 
it's hard to go back to taking damage. It's hard to go back into that fray where you're just kind of willing to accept that as a normal condition of fighting. It's an acceptable volley that they're willing to have. Izzy's just not willing to take damage. You want him to take damage, you got to force it on him, and they can't. They can't do it. Again, with some cases, with multiple tries. You know, if that's not for you, it's not for you. But you yeah. can't sit there and sit there and be like, well, that's an enlightened position. It's not an enlightened position at all. Now, I don't get the hate. Look, what's the source of the hatred? Because, like, dude, isn't he doing enough? has always hated Izzy. They've always hated him. I did a whole retrospective on this through his rise. They turned a little bit after the first Whitaker fight, right, where he knocked out Robert and became the champion and it was a big deal. They knocked, they, 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 they dialed it back, certainly for the Kelvin Gastelum fight, but even then, they're like, oh, look how vulnerable he was. Robert Whitaker's going to beat his ass. And some of that went away. And then, of course, he did himself a lot of good with the Costa fight. But, dude, they've always been that their reflexive position is he's overrated. He's ready to be exposed. He's not that good. He's overhyped. They're constantly doing this. This is just the default return position. I guess they like learning the hard way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's just weird, man. It it, it blows me away, and it's like his, he still talks trash. You could you could hate the Elsa jokes; it's kind of lame. But what I'm saying is he's still charismatic, talks trash, did the whole Undertaker bit, which people loved. I Love. thought it was corny, Luke. I don't know if I need that level of of characterness. Uh, you know, walk into a UFC fight, but I'd rather have someone swing and a miss like that than than right. the than the default. So it's like, I, yeah, whatever. Let's keep it going. All right. So I already talked a little bit about this on. Extra credit. So I'll pitch it back to you very quickly. Donald Cerrone yeah. retired. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on Saturday night. Number one, your thoughts on his retirement. And someone asked me this question also. I'll ask you the exact same one. What is your favorite Cerrone moment? doesn't have to be a win, but it could be something that really stood out to you. Thoughts on retirement, favorite Cerrone moment? Um, my favorite Cerrone moment will always align with my favorite Cerrone win. And I think pound for pound, you could argue that this was the best performance of his career. When he welcomed Michael Chandler into the UFC, he's mm. had higher profile fights, Luke. No, you but mean Eddie that, Alvarez. I'm sorry, Eddie Alvarez. Thank you for that uh, flip-flop there. Um, and here's the point why, why that was so impressive to me. Before that, Luke, I liked Cowboy. He, he was a character. Ultimately, I'm telling you his, his full-on legacy right now. One of the most you know iconic characters this sport's ever seen. Lunch pail, Bud Bud can guy who people can just get behind and relate to. But I always looked at him as more like warning track power, a guy who, you know, I never saw him as getting over the top. I saw a performance against Eddie Alvarez there that was just smart, technical, tough. I, I was always impressed by that and said, look, you know, I, I've been I've been maybe un unfairly harsh on this guy. Maybe, Luke, it's because he doesn't like interviews. It's never been the side of the game he cares about. He, You've interviewed him as much as I have over the years. He could be cantankerous. He could be ridiculous. He could just not try or not care. But what is he always given? Entertainment. Willingness to fight anybody literally on any notice. If it was up to him in his prime, he would be fighting five, six, seven times per year. And I like that he's always been up front. I like to go have a good time. Take my boats out. Drink a lot. Race. I want to have the money to do it, Luke. He was always more about... I'm that guy. I'm that guy you can trust for entertainment to fill in, and I'm that guy. That's why he had a chance in his final fight to, to singly hold the record for most wins. He's up there in most appearances. But, Luke, commitment to being that guy in the end, I do think stopped him from meeting what would have been his full ceiling individually as a fighter. He had, you know, you could argue two legitimate runs where he was becoming a true title contender, and, you know, the dad Cerrone comeback was really good to see. But 
I do think playing the cowboy full time in real life prevented him from legitimately maxing out at the title level to see if he could have added that level of immortality. He's one of the rare superstars that I be believe belongs in the Hall of Fame despite never winning a major title here and, you know, has traded wins and losses with the absolute best. Did he hang on too long? Yes. I did, though, like hearing that he realizes it now after the fact that he lost the love after the Con the Connor fight. The Connor fight, Luke, will unfortunately go down as a major sort of, you know, drop the ball, major fumble in the, in the way he sort of imploded there. But none of that takes away from what he was. Iconic character who was absolutely freaking legit and has the receipts to show you that, Luke. Do you agree, though, that that stopped him from maybe finding out how great he could be? Maybe you can argue that the way he fought, and you're, to your point, I mean, accepting challenges against guys when it wasn't necessarily in his best interest, either from a stylistic match point or he was higher ranked than they weren't or whatever, or going to someone else's hometown. He just did that willingly. And that these kinds of... This, this sort of lack of discretion over these elements negatively impacted him. That is probably a fair argument to make, but I would say that the way in which he fought, right, these, these sort of things that we're bringing up, the fact that he had as much success as he did even with that is remarkable. I did this on morning, or on, excuse me, on uh, Extra Credit. BC, I know this sort of, sort of is silly when you read off the Wikipedia list, but let's just be very clear about his wins here, dude. Danny Castillo, Razor Rob McCullough. I know folks don't remember Rob McCullough, but that dude was a hammer, and Cerrone beat him. James Krause, Ed 9mm Ratcliffe, Jamie Varner, Chris Horodesky, Paul Kelly, Wagner Hocha, Charles Oliveira, Dennis Seaver, Jeremy Stevens, Melvin Gillard, KJ Nunes, Evan Dunham, Adriano Martins, Edson Barboza, Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez, Miles Jury, Benson Henderson, John McDessie, uh, Alex Oliveira, Patrick Cote, Rick Story. That Rick Story win might be his best in terms of just how amazing it looked with that combo at the end. Matt Brown, Yancey Medeiros, Mike Perry, Alexander Hernandez, and Al Iaquinto. Dude, that is a fucking unbelievable ledger, especially when you consider how many of those he probably took on late notice, especially when you consider how many where he was the B-side or the guy who uh, didn't, didn't need to take the fight and just did an amazing, amazing accomplishment that he has had. Do you think, Luke, um, in a – we do this often because the UFC Hall of Fame has some legitimate holes in how people get selected in, in the process and the criteria, just like WWE and, unfortunately, Luke, a lot of Hall of Fames. But if the UFC Hall of Fame had a, a criteria and, and stiffness akin to the Baseball Hall of Fame or, or pro football, because obviously the, uh, the basketball one's got some issues too, um, do you think Cowboy would, would be deservant of a Hall of Fame nod? Without having won a, war, a major world title. I think, Luke, like Arturo Gatti in the Boxing Hall of Fame, which was a controversial selection, even though he'd won a world title before, he was known as just an all-action attraction. Cowboy had some of that. Not not apples to apples. He had some of that. I still think, Luke, track record, you know, the, the, the sum of the whole, I, I actually would say yes here. It's a controversial call because to that point, he doesn't have any world titles and he did have opportunities to fight for him and then got wrecked uh, in the process. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a guy who like never got the chance and then blew out his ACL and then whatever. Um, but dude, those wins, I mean, how many former champions are on that ledger? A lot, a lot. Uh, I, it's controversial. I would say this, if he got in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. Yeah. And he'll clearly get in the regular UFC Hall of Fame as he should, Luke. And I yes. and I look, that's a compliment for me because I'm normally stern in that regard. And you know, to be in a to be a you gotta be a serious compiler to get in the Hall of Fame without having won a world title in in, in a lot of cases, unless He's you were in a, a different era. Compiler. 
Yeah, but you know, I, I, I ha look, I give people respect. Think of like RDA's legacy when, when, or Anthony Pettis even the second half of his career, which had holes, but he still always fought the freaking best and traded wins and losses with them. Cowboy to me is in that category. Look, he he did he was looking to fight anybody at any time, and you have to respect that. To still be a old school gunslinger in the modern game is not easy to pull off. It's not. All right, and last but not least, BC, this is this is not a story that got a lot of attention. I don't even really know what to say about it exactly. So Nate Diaz was being interviewed or something was happening backstage with the Full Send podcast. Now, I don't know what the Full Send podcast is, but I'm told it's quite popular. Um, but here's the thing. The guy put a microphone in his face and Diaz slapped the microphone out, not like super hard, but authoritatively, and then kind of slapped him somewhat upside the head, knocking his his hat off. I am told, although I have not seen the tweets in question that may have caused this, I am told that that guy had maybe said something critical about one of Diaz's teammates. I mean, here's my attitude on this. First of all, Diaz has always been incredibly professional with me. In fact, one time when I, I told this story before, when I accidentally texted him and I was shit talking to somebody who I fucking hated, he actually like let me just talk to him about it and made jokes about it. Like, you know, the guy is, um, he's, I think he's been mistreated in the industry. I've always said that. Uh, and... To me, he's always been professional. You obviously cannot go around hitting, however softly, people you don't like. I, I think the Full Send guys were credentialed. And I did see, by the way, Diaz's manager in the video with him, who, who was a very smart guy, who I think probably was like, uh, please don't fucking do that again. But, you know, he can't be doing this either. BC, where are you on this whole thing? Yeah, we'll be seeing video of this and have you seen this shit not too long okay. from here, Luke. But, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly I didn't love it because we fill that job i don't know the history between them like you do if i'm an interviewer though i i have to expect it could go badly off the rails i mean yeah. nate at this point isn't mayhem miller but you're still talking with the diaz brothers like you don't know what what was said or if they think you're someone else i mean dude it's on brand for them to stocked and slap the shit out of everybody including dana white in that famous video that keeps resurfacing so again it's like the mike tyson plane situation uh, now I don't know if this was if he was baited Nate into a into a response like that, but when you gamble with people like that, you're, you're you know you're gonna get it, Luke. You're gonna get served. Uh, sometimes it happens. So um, do I like that for interviews? No, but I, I'm not surprised, Mother Effers, right, Luke? Yeah, and then last but not least, I didn't put us in the rundown, but I am curious to see whether you think it's a big deal or not. What about Cormier admitting he leaned on the towel in Buffalo? Because yeah, some folks are like, oh, was... ha-ha. And I did think it was funny that he admitted it. Because some folks are like, oh, ha-ha, you know, it's hilarious. And other folks are like, well, dude, if any Olympic athlete admitted they had done some rough equivalent of that, they'd have their medals taken away. And I'm like, right, but, like, MMA is a clown show. <laughs> so I don't – I'm not sitting here. I'm not trying to say that, like, you know, and Anthony Rumble Johnson, I don't think cared. That was the fight there and whatever. It was just a couple pounds. But is it a big deal or not? It should be a bigger deal, you're right, but this is the type of sport for us to just laugh at what was really a funny, incredible delivery at the Hall of Fame. But shout out to both DC and Habib for going in together because they were, in all interviews, they were winning, Luke. They won the weekend in a lot of ways because, I, I, you know, the humility and the joy that they showed, but you are openly admitting that. You're right. Um I mean, is it like a old base, like, you know, Mike Scott, Luke? You remember him from the Astros in the 80s? He still Dang. won't officially admit that his uh, split-fingered fastball was doctored, but when whenever you know they do lookbacks at the '86 uh, NLCS, Luke against the Mets, where like if it had gone to Game Seven, Mike Scott was going to pitch and they were going to win, but you know Mets rallied in, in the in the sixth. 
he does give it like a laugh and a nod to let you know that fuck yeah he was doctoring the baseball luke and until anyone was going to be able to catch him he's going to keep doing that so you always say if you ain't cheating you ain't trying i guess this is the sport where it's i mean dude here's dude, my only thing here's under my, my thing. head commission... do i think everybody on that podium ever took something <laughs> Yeah, I do, Luke. So what are we, well, you know, at this point, what are we doing, right? Here's my thing. I don't really care all that much because I don't think it contributed all that much to the win. Although, I guess you could argue he had to drain himself to get down to the weight it would have. Anthony Rumble Johnson doesn't seem to care. UFC doesn't seem to care. Although Mark Ratner wasn't pleased with it. Did you see when they put a, like the camera on his face? He was no. like, what the fuck? He didn't seem to be loving it too much. But number one, there actually wasn't a rule on the books on the New York Athletic Commission at the time about not touching the towel. They have since added one after the fact. I think a catch-all rule. But it wasn't technically illegal in that sense. And I think the other thing I would say is, I don't really care that Cormier did that. But... The commission didn't strip Charles Oliveira. The UFC stripped Charles Oliveira by virtue of what happened with the weigh-in in his last fight. If you're going to laugh off what happened to DC, Charles should get his belt back. Yeah. I, I mean, I, what what is the issue with that? Like, they, he got railroaded if we're just going to laugh this off. And I'm okay with it, but Charles got fucked if that's the case. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I also, by the way, agree that the... Are you on board believing the John Jones Matt Hamill fight should be a no contest when it's all said and done as well? Like yes, if you can fix yes, these things yes, retroactively, it do be. it. Yeah, do it. It, it. There's a lot of that. I'll look quickly on DC though. Another reveal he had was that uh, we know about him his friendship with Ariel Hawani. They did a show on ESPN together, but he revealed publicly on a UFC stage that they've been friends a long time. In fact, Ariel on BT Sport this week referred to them as secret lovers, Luke. And DC reveals that Ariel was writing his post-fight call-outs as if they were wrestling promos this whole time behind the scenes, Luke. Oh, I didn't does hear that, that. Does that make you change your, you know, like, cause, you know, when you find out your favorite rock star doesn't write his own songs, you're like, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like when you found out Jay-Z wrote the lyrics to uh, Dr. Dre's comeback song, uh, Still Dory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, yeah. I was like, wow, these rhymes are really good by Dr. Dre. He's mostly a producer. Oh, Jay-Z wrote them. Okay, all right. Um I don't. I mean, good for them. I guess. I mean, I don't. Really, those parts of the interviews. That's for all of y'all. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it or love it. It doesn't mean much for me. If people thought right. they were good, that I mean, that tells you Ariel knows what he's doing. But uh, this this is transcendently connected to the Hall of Fame, which also featured Habib. Ariel also said on a BT Sport clip from outside the arena on Saturday, I believe, Luke, that he guarantees Habib will fight again within the, the next two years. Guarantees, Ooh. Luke. Ooh. Um, I would love to see it. Someone asked me over the weekend, who's your favorite? Like, who gave you the most entertainment for a fighter who is now retired? And it didn't even take me two seconds to answer. It's Habib. Habib yeah. brought me, like, genuine joy to watch yeah. fighting. I loved what he did. So, yeah, I would do that. Uh, BC, okay. before we transition to topic number three, very quickly, I am drinking tons of water because I got the Rona. So I have to urinate quite badly. Yeah. Can I set you up with this question and then you run with it and I'll come right back? Uh, yeah, definitely, Luke. You can. Yo, you know, I've been having too it, many morning margaritas, BC. You know, if you know you're crowning like the king of England, you need to, you know. No, no, no. It's number one. It's number one. It's not number two, as my daughter would All say. Right. It's Chichi, not Popo. All right, uh, <laughs> BC. <laughs> we. Go, that's so gross. We go to this weekend. There is a UFC event. It will start at 6 p.m. for the prelims in the East. 9 p.m. for the main card. It is UFC Fight Night, I believe, 50, or excuse me, UFC Vegas 58. I think it's UFC on ESPN, like 30-something. 
but it's a hell of a main event. At lightweight, the former champion, RDA, taking on Rafael Fiziev, or Fiziev, I forget how the guy corrected us at the uh, MMA Awards. BC, I'm going to pitch it over it? to you, and then i got to well, run. What was, the main, was this the original main event, or did this just get bumped up? What got canceled? So these two were supposed to fight on a different card, and it got moved oh. over to this one. It's the best fight on the card, although there are some decent ones. But if I, if I had to ask you what you think centrally RDA versus Fiziev is about, by the way, Fiziev having a back and forth with Conor McGregor on Twitter today, wow. what would you say? Uh, this is about placement in the ring, in the title rankings and opportunity because, you know, RDA is on a two-fight win streak and he's proved that he can cut back down to this weight. And when you're a former champion, when you have that legend status of a guy who's always willing to face anybody, like it doesn't care about the wins and losses, you're going to get, you know, preferred treatment for that. Look, you get a win here in your RDA, you have an opportunity to parachute in and, and crash the actual top tier of the title picture. Obviously, you know, there's a little bit of a holdup at the moment. Oliver doesn't even have the belt. We want to see Mahachev finally get the call. Like, what the heck's going on here? Um, RDA could could move big there. Now, on the flip side, Fiziev, Fiziev, five-fight win streak. And has shown you just, you know, so a lot that you have to love next level. So, when I talk about the the resetting of this lightweight division, and, you know, we just saw, by the way, uh, Jalen Turner get a big one over Brad Riddell over the weekend at, at 276. The top is is recharging quickly here in terms of, pumping out new potential contenders. And, and Fiziev is there. He's potentially one of them. But this ain't no easy fight against this version of RDA who's still freaking got it. Um, how RDA is able to stay this prime and this tough at this age, floating between the two weight divisions, I mean, you're really talking about one of the greats right here. But what's the central storyline? You know, who's coming or going? Fiziev also could make a serious leap here because all of those aging names are more likely to be matched up against one another. Whoever looks great coming out of there, I'm talking about the, you know, the Poirier's, the, the Gaethje's, uh, you know, Ferguson, the McGregor's. They're all kind of lingering in the middle, not knowing which direction they're going in the rankings. The new breed has a chance here. If you're Fiziev and you can get a sixth straight win and get it against a former champion right here, again, you're getting that, that hall pass to the front. So... No shortage of stakes in this one and no shortage without question in the potential for excitement. I mean, this could be a brutal five-round fight in terms of, uh, you know, grit, grit, not a grit going to need to be shown here. It's going to go to the ground. There's going to be a lot happening here. I am fired up for it Saturday night at the Apex. The rest of the card, you know, am I, am I gaining movement from looking at this? Yeah, not a ton. Not a ton. No, no, Luke, not a ton, not a ton. But, you know, you are coming off the... One of the biggest pay-per-views of the of the year. At least we get a badass main event. But Luke, nothing I said there was was false or out of bounds. But do you have the same feeling I do? If RDA gets three in a row and does it over a guy that's this red hot, he's going to get another title shot. Luke, it's going to happen. Yeah. So there, if you look at the rankings, RDA is sitting at seven. Fiziev, and again, if I'm mispronouncing it, please I apologize. Sitting at ten, so seven and ten respectively. I don't think a win by Fiziev jumps him into the top five because there's no champion. So Oliveira's one, Poirier two, Gaethje three, Makachev four, and Chandler five. I don't think he bumps one of them out. But I do think it puts him on the bubble, and we'll see what happens with like Benil Dariush. So I think if Fiziev wins this, even RDA if he wins this, they get themselves a top five opponent afterwards. Does that seem like a fair assessment of the stakes? Absolutely. Yeah. And, but, I got to tell you, it's you interesting gotta- one. We got to be fairly happy at what's going on in lightweight. I mean, Gamrot just made a big chess move. Saryuki and we all expect to come back because he's on that freaking level. 
Um, Islam's going to get that call any minute. Jalen Turner just got a big win. How about now, you know, the winner of this is going to be right there. I mean, Luke, I hope Islam is next. But whoever's <laughs> next after that in the next few slots, this is going to be fun for a while at 155, Luke, because whoever comes out of the old side of the bracket, too. Like, I mean, Luke, <laughs> it, it, would you, what, what are the odds that of those Poirier Gaethje types, one of those guys is going to get another title shot eventually. They're going to work their way back in. Yeah, seems like one of them is due for it. I don't know if Chandler's going to get it because Oliveira was calling for McGregor. By the way, McGregor's sitting at 12 in the rankings. 12, which I realize is fair in the sense of he's not been active, so whatever. Uh, but I, I bet he looks at that number and can't stand it because he's sandwiched by Armin Saryukian and Dan Hooker. Well, look, he hasn't had a win in the division in six years, though. That's that's a little damning, right? A little damning? No, no, I don't mean that it's unfair. In fact, you could argue he's still somewhat inflated. I just mean for Connor, who's always sort of seeing himself as the highest level of the game, sitting at 12 probably doesn't sit well with him. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, it's something you had brought up was, you know, this turnover at, at in lightweight. Dude, if you go from eight on down, there are some recognizable old head names there. But eight is Gamrot, nine is Ferguson, ten is Fazeev. 11, Saryukin, McGregor sitting at 12, and then Hooker, and then Turner at 14, Ismogulov at 15. Dude, the new generation, here they come, and they're starting to slowly take the place of and then replace outright the guy, the generation that came before them. Oliveira is your top dog, and he deserves to be. But, dude, that is going to be a tough belt to hold on to, no doubt about it. Hey, Luke, um, Bantamweight Saeed Nurmagomedov is going for a third straight win. Yep. Will we be adding him to that list, that Russian hammer list that, uh, you know, Habib was on, Usman Nurmagomedov is on, the other Nurmagomedov is now on, Magomed, Magomed, uh, there's a lot of Magomeds in, in this, Luke. Um, are we going to be talking about Saeed on that level after this fight Saturday? Saeed, I, I, I keep looking this up and I can't get accurate information. I don't know how related he is to Habib. I think he is distinct. Uh, they obviously share the same last name, but of course he's from the, that same area. Uh, he's taking on a tough dude. Douglas Silva de Andrade is not the technician that Nurmagomedov is, so I certainly expect Nurmagomedov to win. But dude, Silva de Andrade might be the most muscular dude pound for pound in all the UFC. He is an absolute horse out there. And um, it's not, and, and he's resilient as well. So Nurmagomedov should win, but... I wouldn't look. I wouldn't sort of assume it's like automatically a given. That's, I guess that's. So what we're not say. at the point that we got with the Gracie family somewhat quickly, where like you know the nineteenth cousin removed by marriage, yeah. who with with no Gracie in his name is suddenly calling himself Joe Gracie, and then he right. goes out and loses his t TV debut. We're not in the bootleg Nurmagomedov territory yet. We're like no, people no. from the same town are just like, yo, that's my last name, man. You know? Also, I'll put this out. Opening the card, Michael Johnson, who finally got a nice win in his last bout, taking on Jamie Malarkey, who I think is coming in off a loss, if memory serves, uh, a dude out of Australia. No, yes, uh, to Jalen Turner, which you're like, okay, well, Jalen Turner's awesome. Yes, fair enough. On the other hand, Michael Johnson, you know, dude, when he's on, holy crap, he's on. But when he's not, which, you know, uh, uh, is fairly frequent as well, he, he's beatable. Uh, this is a – this is – I mean – if Michael Johnson performs up to the level at which you know he can fight, he should win this. 
but I have no idea if he's going to perform up to the level at which we've seen him before. It's uh, yeah. it's it's hard to know the answer. He's a that. wild card. Luke, are you pumped up that Jared Vanderaah is putting his three-fight losing streak up against Chase Sherman's four-fight losing skid and this heavyweight main card attraction comes Saturday? I mean, the job is so tough. I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, bash him, but it's not the fight I'm looking forward to most on the court. I will say the co-main You're like, event. where's Augusto Sakai when I need him, you know? Bro, I will tell you this. The co-main event with this dude, Caio Bojalio, who yeah. has like the tattoos all over his neck and shit, who's super athletic off the Contender Series, fighting another hammer off the Contender Series, Armin Petrosian, who just loves to just... I mean, he from the word go, he's slinging the dogs. That should be one hell of a fight. Love that middleweight contest. Nice. So, uh, so your main couple, and co-main is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. A couple uh, BC slop fests on the, uh, on the prelim card, Luke. Cynthia Calvillo against Nia Nunes. I'm, I'll tune in for that. Yep. Also, Luke... Uh, at the same division, Antonina, who could use a win big time against Courtney Casey, Luke. Um, this isn't the last time we see Big Sister, right? I mean, she's 37, and she's, you know, she's lost four of her last seven, Luke. Yeah, if she loses this, it would be three in a row. Um, I doubt that this is a swan song if she loses, okay. but, okay. I, you know, probably There's going to be some big decision-making in the extended family, which... Might include myself, Luke, after, if, if this goes down as an L. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens indeed. All right, BC, so let's go to topic number four here. Now, we don't know exactly what to say about this because Jake Paul said one thing, which was that they have moved on from Tommy Fury. They have severed whatever agreement they had with him. <coughs> he will no longer be the opponent on August 6th. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated reporting that a familiar name, sort of, will be the replacement opponent. Now, Showtime has not confirmed this. We don't really know any better, just to be very clear. But Mannix has reported that it's going to be Haseem Rahman Jr. Now, Haseem Rahman, a famous, famous, of course, heavyweight champion from the 90s and so on from there. Uh, this is his son. BC, number one, who is Rahman Jr. As a, as a boxer? What do you make of him? And two, if this is true, which, we're again, we don't know for sure, what would you say in terms of this fight being better or worse than the fight against Fury? It's still a little bit of a crapshoot in terms of trying to figure out how good Jake is at this level against this level of boxer. Now, these are boxers who, you know, have some name regard. Tommy Fury, brother of Tyson, uh, Haseem Jr. Uh, but they certainly haven't lived up to, to huge expectations that come with the name. Their work's in progress. Now, um, Jake did indicate in that tweet that he's going to have a formal announcement tomorrow if it ends up being Rockman. It's interesting, Luke. Now, the good about Hasim Rockman is he's a six foot three heavyweight, junior talking about, right? Dad, of course, knocked out Lennox Lewis in South Africa, major upset to win the heavyweight championship, and then got splattered in the rematch, Luke. One of the best grunge, uh, you know, revenge sort of gritty comeback knockouts there from Lennox. The son is what, 12 and 1? But he's coming off a fifth-round TKO loss to uh, Tommy Morrison's, one of his sons, Luke. There's two fighting sons of the late Tommy Morrison, former heavyweight champion himself, and uh, kind of gassed out in that fight, but has a good record outside of that against very middling level of competition. We don't really know, Luke, kind of like the Tommy Fury fight. From what we've seen on tape, we weren't all that impressed. We wondered, maybe this is a fight Jake can walk down and dominate. We do have to remember, though, that when you step up to the level of not just an ex-NBA fighter or MMA fighter and somebody who is a boxer, you know, they got some flaws. Hasim Jr. does, yes. Tommy Fury does. But they're also real fighters at heart. Luke, could it get fun? Could this turn into a real fight? 
We're going to have to tune in to see August 6th, Madison Square Garden, Showtime Boxing Pay-Per-View, if it ends up going this direction. But I don't hate it, especially not as a last-minute replacement to get a guy who actually is a real boxer, you know, that comes from a good pedigree here. Yeah, what I would say is, to me, as a fight, I don't know what this will mean for sales in the UK now that Tommy is not there. Probably not good things. I don't know what it's going to do with the box office. I I don't know. I can't. I don't really have a good read on that. But just in terms of the fight itself, I'm actually more interested in this one than I was Tommy Fury. I mean, we saw Tommy Fury on his uh, brother's uh, undercard in the, the fight against Dillian White. And it just it, there wasn't a whole lot there, um, candidly. I, I just didn't it didn't it wasn't an inspiring performance. I think I, I can say it that way. Now, candidly, uh, Rockman Jr., you can go and watch his fight against uh, Kenzie Morrison who is the son, as BC indicated, also of a legend. And he doesn't, you know, have the best fight there either. I think he gets stopped in the fifth. But to your point, he is a, like, legitimate pro. He does have legitimate knockout wins. And the only thing that sort of stands out to me, BC, is what weight is this going to be? Because he's only getting a month notice, and Rockman Jr. is a heavyweight, so what are they going to do? Some are saying that these two were sparring partners in the past. Look, I'm going to have to research that a little bit more, but that also could play into this. But look, uh, Rockman is a six foot three southpaw heavyweight, but he's been fighting in the lower, you know, 215, 220 area. I, I don't know if this is some kind of catchweight in between cruiserweight and heavyweight or not, but look, for anyone that said, okay, you beat former, you know, MMA welterweight champion Tyron Woodley, or you beat five foot, you know, seven Nate Robinson. Well, look, now we got a full, a full heavyweight. So, you know, that that part of it, uh, at least there's something there for sure. I wanted to read the statement Tommy Fury just put out on social media while we were filming this, Luke. Okay. He says, "I'm gutted and disappointed in regards to the issues I have faced with entry to the U.S." This is something that myself or my team could have never anticipated happening. This situation has been left with my lawyers. As being denied entry to a country is obviously a very serious issue and it needs to be resolved subsequently. I'm confident this fight will happen when this issue gets resolved and we come to a solution. I want to clarify that I will fight in a neutral country that both parties can enter. This can be anytime, any place, anywhere, end quote, except for August 6th in New York. Luke, do you come away from that statement believing the Jake side that Tommy fumbles and never really wanted this fight or is the Kinahan Fury family situation enough for you to go hey they couldn't get it done but we'll never see it again most likely yeah I mean I you know I don't really buy that he didn't want the biggest payday of his life I really 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 don't buy that I I really do buy in fact that he was prevented from entering the country and that's ultimately what caused the issue and they they apparently wanted to keep my understanding is they wanted to keep that date and August 6th in New York, they couldn't move the fight to London. They were worried. They, I guess they could have done it. So either Tommy was going to be able to get here or he wasn't. It, you know, it looks bad because he pulled out with injury and he, he haggled previously. And Jake is setting it up to make it a function of cowardice. I don't think it's a function of cowardice. Frankly, I still think Jake would have won. I mean, Jake kind of held on for a long time. Be like, oh, Tommy, this is your last chance. And then like two months later, this is your last chance, Tommy. It's like, dude, you gave him a lot of last chances. But in the end... No, I just don't think he could get over here. And that's their, that's their issue to figure out. I don't know how, how fair it is to keep Tommy versus, well, really anybody r- r- attached to that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I frankly don't know enough about the details. And it is unfortunate. But I will say, as a fight, even if you still think Jake's sort of playing with house money here, to me, this one should be, should be more competitive than that for whatever yeah and that's what we need here. Do, whether you're a fan of the Jake Paul show and experience or you just are someone that says, look, Step up now. It's time to step up. This is a step in the right direction, Luke. 
It is. He's, there's an evolution to the matchmaking, which I can respect. We'll see whether this lives up. Look, I, I've been saying it all along. He gets in one brawl in which he wins, Luke. You're going to gain a lot of momentum on this journey. I think that's the one thing he's sort of been lacking. The, the, you know, the knockout of Woodley in the rematch was, that's a hell of a viral uh, you know, piece of advertisement. But he gets in a situation where maybe he gets dropped but gets up and then finishes that fight and wins. That could do a lot in, in gaining the public's care level, Luke, and in, in, in support. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to be a fighter and act like one, they want to see you behave like one. I don't think he's misbehaved at all. He's behaved like a fighter up to this point. But that's ultimately the best currency you can give for legitimacy is going out there and getting in something but getting your hand raised at the end. I think that's right. I think he, you know, obviously there's a lot of ways this could fight go. But one way they could go is Jake looks pretty good. Um, potentially scores a stoppage, but either way, from an eight-round fight or something like that, and and ends up having a, a performance against a guy who you you can say whatever you want about his ability, but he was a legitimate pro boxer with some legitimate, you know, knockout wins on his record. Um, that is something he hasn't done yet, so that would be something of a milestone. I don't get Petrozelli Kimbo vibes, which was you know last minute, night before change, and you know Kimbo just didn't know what he was in for. This is a, this this guy's got time, I think. Jake, you can say whatever you want about him, but he makes re- reasonably calculated decisions. This one feels to me like a decent bet on Jake, but a more interesting one from my vantage point. So. Luke, was that a Showtime fight? Was that at a Elite XC Showtime card? The uh, I believe Kimbo it was. Yes, Petrozelli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Scala, right? <laughs> Scala, the old Gary. People forget about old Gary Shaw, the promoter. He had his day for a while. He had his. Day. He had his sweatsuit. Still has him, Luke. Look, uh, so I right. did listen to Scala's uh, debut rap CD called Coffee and Chronic. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Shout out to I Scala. I do love Coffee and Chronic. Not the album per se, but the, the combo. Uh, all right. Last but not least, BC, we go to Quick Hitters. Now, this was surprising. Felice Herrig, who had a career in kickboxing before MMA and then retired from UFC slash MMA, feels like a couple of weeks ago at this point, has apparently signed with BKFC. BC, you're the resident BKFC scholar and historian. What do you make of this signing? I'm torn, Luke. On one hand, they got a fun division there where everyone's close enough in weight and you've got faces like Paige Van Zandt, Rachel Otstevich, Britton Hart, Taylor Starling was making a lot of noise in that in that sort of bracket. A couple other names you know there, Luke. And they make really fun fights. But the reason why I'm torn is this is brutal as shit. And, you know, Felice Herrick, I always had a lot of respect for. She journeyed a long time in this game to, to even end up right around the 500 career record, Luke. I mean, she fought great greatness and and was always game even up into her last loss in which she retired after i mean are we past the point of like damning bkfc for being so barbaric and feeling like fighters should be better than this because i kind of feel like she should be better than this luke but maybe i'm the asshole you tell me i just don't know once you leave a career in fighting what you again there's going to be plenty of exceptions here or there but in general it's going to be hard to command similar kinds of paydays like what is she going to do? Get a real estate license? I mean, yes, that would be a long-term transition plan, obviously. But uh, and of course, they will have to because you can't fight forever. But it, it, you know, these are, dude. BKFC seems like they're spending money. They seem like they're spending money, and I think it's attractive to people who get outside the UFC and worry like, are the paydays going to be worth it? Is this something I can still do? And she comes from a striking background. Obviously, she's worked on the rest of her game, but she comes from a striking background. They're probably going to pay her, you know, relatively speaking, pretty well. But it's I brutal as shit, it. Luke. It's brutal. It's a, I mean, you can get carved up in this game, you know? It is. It's a risk you run, but again, they're, they. I think they're financially, you know, for a non-UFC promotion, they're probably making it worth her while. So take that for what it's worth. 
I mean, look, um, if this is the if this is the lake house she's been dreaming of, and this fight gets her that, go for it, go for yeah. it, okay? Yeah, I mean, how many of these will she actually have? I guess we'll have to see. But uh, Ray Sefo from PFL says, I can't believe it's taken him this long, but PFL is considering adding a men's bantamweight and a women's <coughs> flyweight division. Now, BC, the bantamweight division is a no-brainer. It's the strongest division in the entire sport right now, arguably. And women's flyweight, people will be like, well, women's flyweight. But I think long-term, that actually does have a lot of potential. Yes. Got to say, I'm, this better late than never, but I like the I like the idea. I do like it as well. And, and, and we've always been honest and saying straight up, we didn't really care about the PFL until last season when they really stepped things up across the board. And this season has been fun. Luke, how much, like how long can this depth outside of the UFC last though? Because we have a fair amount of companies who... I'm sure all position themselves as the number two in the game at the moment in, in their own eyes and are fighting, you know, for their own strand of relevance. And, you know, even Habib's promotion, which has good push from UFC Fight Pass behind it. Is there enough? Are there enough? Will there be enough? That's what we got to see. I, I do think is enough. I do. I do think that they can get enough in either of those divisions long term to make it. <laughs> excuse me, worth the investment. I do believe yeah. that, but uh, the Bantamweight one, hardly uh, hardly a, uh, that's a no-brainer to me. I mean, I don't know what took him so long to get to this point, to be quite honest with you. Bantamweight has so much talent. Go get some of it. Um, I like that idea a lot. Luke, so, how would you rate their, their announced team individually on scales of 1 to 10? I like their announced team. Uh, I think Sean O'Connell is maybe the most underrated guy in the sport, considering he won the PFL tournament, is a UFC vet, and is also a real broadcaster. You saw Adesanya after the after the fights being like, I could do your job. He could do some of the jobs. He couldn't do all of them. Certainly, there's many different ones. But you see a guy like Sean O'Connell putting it to work in real life, like actually really doing the job, which means all the homework, all the yeah. ad reads, all the... And he does a radio show for SiriusXM as well, where he covers, I think... Pac-12 football or something like that. Like, that dude's a real... And he was a broadcaster. He was a DJ when he was a UFC fighter. So, like, he's really... He's finally making excellent use of all of that experience in both worlds. And I think he's one of the most underrated guys in the sport. I genuinely believe that. That wasn't a 1-10 to 10 rate, but I do rate him very high, Luke. And for not being able to remember his name last season, he's come around. He's the legitimate... Play, you know, elite play-by-play guy. So I want to, you know, I want to shout out that. Yeah. But dude, Randy Couture is a ten out of ten on the uh, still as an analyst. I don't care what you say, Luke. I think he's the best fighter analyst in the game today. Really? You think he's that good? I do. I really do. Maybe I just really like him, and we wear the same type of hats, Luke, and probably have the same T level. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Oh boy. You know what I'm saying, Luke? You can. You know, you can. All right. I may have. I may. How have much is that Mayweather long. versus? Um... Oh Jesus! I, the, uh, not Broner, but um, uh, Birdo, brother. Birdo. Birdo. Yes. How much is that Mayweather versus Birdo shirt either raising or lowering your tee? Yeah, <laughs> my my tee tees. Uh, yeah, uh, we got get, get off of that moob look. Uh, yeah, it's raising it a lot. Look, I feel great after I put this on. Thank you. All right, I put on the to full disclosure I, from the closet this morning. I did grab the BC Hawaiian shirt with the pineapples in, in my face on it. But, you know, I just felt like an asshole wearing it, Luke. And I, you know, I, I feel like an asshole enough of my day. So, uh, I also, went don't back forget, Moxayo versus Vargas will be Saturday on Showtime, plus the return of Brandon Figueroa. We'll talk more about that on Friday, but I did want to put yeah. a note out there just the same. Thank you. Okay, BC, it is your show, good friend. Oh, you, one more thing. Don't forget, Patricky Pipples out of the Bellator. Oh, yes. 
283 card. He was supposed to fight Sidney Outlaw in a lightweight title defense. But, yes. Luke, that's coming up soon, isn't it? Like July 23rd-ish? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I, I'll look up the date here in just a second. But they announced a replacement there. It was already on the card, but now it's going to be the five-round main event. Douglas Lima taking on Jason, the ass-kicking machine, Jackson. That's a big and fight, dude, dude. That's a huge fight. And I got to say, for Jason Jackson, if he gets that win, easily his best win to date. And for yep. Lima, wow, man. I'm not saying losing to Jackson is some like, oh, you know, you obviously suck. No, Jackson's a good, great fighter. But the losing skid would be really bad for Lima. That's yeah. a high-stakes welterweight affair for, for lot. Bellator, no doubt There's about it. There's a lot it. at stake. And going five rounds now, like, the winner's going to really have to earn it, Luke. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait. Uh, do you want to do the shit now, Luke? Is that what you're trying yeah. to th- throw yes, to my sir, shit? Yes, sir. Now is your chance to act up and my chance to be the disappointed dad. Let's yes. do it. Uh, every Monday, but today's Wednesday, I scour the globe for the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, the highs and lows from combat sports. And essentially beyond, by the end of it, we call this, have you seen this shit? All right, let's catch some feels here, Luke. Uh, There was a lot of fighting going on at UFC 276 in Las Vegas. We almost had one outside the cage. Rate rate your hang down after watching this. Michael Chandler and Dustin Poiwe needed to be separated after talking that shit. Look at this, Luke. Prohachka uh, shaved off his, like, antenna ponytail. Yes. Uh, Luke, the pay-per-view main event, no title needed, BMF style. I mean, you, you'd be <clears throat> down for this, right? I think it's the fight to make at at, at lightweight. I got to tell you, they just seem like they're on a collision course. It's a fun fight. It's an action fight. It's a winnable fight in either direction. Yeah, like, I don't know what's... I mean, I'm not saying there aren't other good fights you could make with either of them. Of course you could. Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. What's bad about that? Not much. Oh, it's great. Dude, that is... They hate each other right now because it's like looking in the mirror, Luke. They see too much of themselves in each other. And they're like, there's only one of us. You know, there's only room for one of us here, so I must end you. Luke, that could be a brutal fight. Oh, yeah. As long as it lasts, they're going to they're gonna demolish each other. No, like, not only is it guaranteed action, it could actually be brutal as shit, Luke. It could look yeah. like, you know... No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Okay, let's keep it going. Uh, Luke, let's hear some audio here. Here's Jared Cannonier, who unfortunately came up empty if you're a big uh, fan of Power Crystals on Saturday. But here's what he said just days before of how he was going to beat Izzy. I just picked this up late. Coming in there with the same self-belief, the same confidence, the same energy, BDE, that, uh, that I plan on uh, using to get the win. Now, Luke, like Jared, I also have BDE, but I'd have to imagine his looks different than mine. You know what I'm saying, Luke? You know what also, I mean? Like, also, it didn't, it didn't do him a ton of good. Uh, it's nice to have, but yeah. uh, he didn't get that dub, did he? Could have used it. Uh, here's the post-fight presser. Here's Israel Adesanya <laughs> being asked about John Jones saying, uh, saying some shit on Twitter. Luke, let's go to it. Oh, I didn't see this. Fuck John Jones. Fuck John. I don't want to hear about that bitch. What are you going to talk about my nails for? He's just jealous and insecure. He's a fuckboy. He could never rock shit like this. He's a bitch. And also he said that he was backing... Fuck him. I don't really give a fuck what he thinks. Yeah, next. Okay. Damn! I gotta say, that's the most... um, I haven't seen Izzy that short-tempered in a while. He was real short-tempered with a lot of the the stuff post-fight. I don't know if you noticed that. Yo, Izzy would love our new uh, High Court episode, probably, then. (laughs) 
I know, and people think that like we're arguing for things that like we passionately believe. We like draw straws. Like, okay, you got to defend, you got to attack. There you go. It's yeah, like, I mean, look, uh, yeah, hindsight could I've done a better argument, but you know. I also believe John's the GOAT, okay? He is, dude. He's the fucking GOAT. I mean, I Habib's in that conversation. I'd love to debate that any day of the week because Habib but, had something But also, special. like, don't you feel like with that comment and some other ones, then the one about the media, he seemed a little bit sensitive slash short, short-tempered, no? Absolutely, Luke. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see what that manifests inside the cage. Will they ever fight, Luke? Will they ever fight? You mean like uh, ever before they all call it a day? Yeah, John Jones versus Israel... Adesanya. Adesan, I'm, I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Uh, Luke, you know who is Disco dancing his way to a uh, comeback knockout win, which may have been the fight of the night? How about welterweight Brian Barberina challenging his inner Saturday night fever here? Luke, you like this? You know, for maybe, a Latin guy, this is a little bit disappointing. <laughs> maybe he was starting the mower, Luke, to rev up and get ready, you know? Maybe he was just pulling out pubic hairs and then chucking them into the crowd. <laughs> you know, yeah, bring a tear to his eye if he did, though, Luke. Believe that. He okay, well, though. Let's... I mean, he, that dude, you know, we didn't talk about it much, but that dude had to walk through some shit to get that win. That was a good job. Oh, hell him. yeah. Luke, I'm going to turn 44 in about two weeks. And, you know, every day that goes by, you and I do not try to fool the audience or ourselves that we are cool or that we understand cool. I've been telling you for a long time, I don't get Sugar Sean O'Malley. Love the fighter. Don't really love the game. Here's his fans, Luke. Uh, <laughs> you tell me what you see. Juggalos. <laughs> Is this an ICP concert, Luke? I don't know what's going on now. All right. I mean, listen, we don't, like BC and I have no effing clue what cool is anymore we just couldn't possibly tell you i i don't know i have i'm so far removed from it and we, like to your point we don't hide from that uh and i do respect sean as a fighter i think he's a very high level fighter but i don't get everything else around him either not, not that i need to it's not for me to get i fully i get it you're old you gotta accept it you gotta lean into it i do but like All do right. i understand this i don't check out this taunting move by o'malley i got behind this inside the cage luke against pedro munoz your thoughts Oh, is this where he spins and makes fun of him? Yes. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like that. That's my uh, type of stuff yeah, yeah. In, in a fight. Yeah, I'm about it. I'm about that. Like, that's kind of funny. Uh, also, Pedro Munoz having to eat shit and release his medical report because people think oh all God. fighters who get injured Dude, are malingerers. I, again, this is like the like the Izzy debate. I've seen a lot of people that are more journalists than fan be like, oh, yeah, it was clear that he wanted out. Do you guys know who Pedro Munoz is? This year, are you guys new to this guy? I mean, are he you won the me? first round on two of the three judges' scorecards. Like what? You yeah, know, like four fingers jammed into his skull. Damn. Uh, people are gonna say what they're gonna say. You know, what gonna All say? right. If Chandler Poirier facing off didn't get you fired up, Luke, how about this one? This happened two days before two seventy six, I believe. Backstage, Henry Cejudo, or off stage. There's no stage around versus Aljo, Luke. Talking some friendly talk, but this could be a big fight. Your thoughts? See, the 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 Cejudo Volk fight to me is like, I mean, no thanks. I don't see that as interesting or competitive. But this one, I see as absolutely can't miss. Yeah. To me, Aljamain Sterling. I think I slept on him, and I need to just eat crow for it. And I have been his obviously ability to to find the back and then use the grappling and. Distance striking is magnificent, and Cejudo, I think, has unfinished business in this division. He's a tough fight for anyone at 135, maybe the best 135 there is, 
this is obviously a little staged or whatever, but uh, yeah, they're like, what's my what's my phoner level for <laughs> for Cejudo versus Sterling? It's it's throbbing. That's what it is, BC. Dude, I'm fired up. By the way, because Cejudo took all this time off, he also could come back very fresh. He could also come back rusty, but of course. But he may cut like look, if he comes back and regains the title, like he's going to make historic leaps. I mean, he made oh, yeah. pretty big leaps when he became a two division champion, even if I didn't think the path he took was, you know, rewarding of, of how much he had accomplished at that point. I didn't think he was there yet to get that call. He got it, he won. Dude, if he if he can come back and not just make big fights but win them, he may have a chance to short circuit his way to a spot among the greats. Luke, seriously, He's, no, no, I, I agree. Like you, you take time off like that, come back and then become champion again. Shit, dude, you're doing something special beyond what he's already done, which is already incredible. I, I'm, Can you imagine I, dude, I, I'm happy him to see versus him back. Aldo? I just don't. I was like, I just don't want to see the fight at 145 with Volkanovski. Like to me, that just doesn't make seems like a waste of his time there's yeah. too many factors that don't make it competitive but it, there's think, a lot of other fights that are i think he would have to reestablish himself at the level of actually regaining the, the bantamweight title to really get that call yes. although i have shown interest in it in the past now i can talk myself into him against aljo him against jan him against sanhagen him against you know everyone him him in a rematch with dillashaw him against aldo i mean this is this is yep. great shit luke great yep. shit yep. all right here's the the video we talked about backstage at 276 Nate Diaz versus the full send guy. Um, this doesn't look like a joke. I will say that, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you can't go around just like slapping people you don't who said things you don't like. Not that he like, you know, it's not like he's over here abusing him or something or, you know, I realize he could have done a lot more. But, you know, it's at the same time, you just can't be doing stuff like that. So didn't uh, Nate and Shab almost mix it up backstage at some event? Yeah, I think it was after, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was after Mayweather-McGregor, and they had, I don't understand the source of the disagreement, I thought maybe Shab thought he won a bunch of rounds and Nate told him he was wrong and then it kind of turned ugly, I don't don't fully remember, but I do think it was after Mayweather-McGregor. I don't think Shab was trying to escalate. I think he was trying to de-escalate. Rightfully, he respects Nate, but Nate was about it. He was like, "Let's let's fucking go right now." Then you know, Nate I mean, is it was, about it. it. But again, at the same time, dude, it's like you don't want to get. Here's the thing: it's not like this guy got this guy from Full Sand. By the way, and UFC is just giving credentials to guys who aren't. I realize their podcast is huge. I mean, I'm told it's like you know a, a, a significant podcast. I'm not I'm not demeaning it in that sense, but they're not like. You know the role. I always say it, the role of journalist is very distinct from what they do. There's some overlap to it, but they're not the same. You know, it's not a good look to go around like smacking upside the head people you don't like because nothing bad happened here, and I think it's not that big a deal in the end. <coughs> but if you do it again, things can go wrong, and you just never know what could happen. And why imperil things if you don't have to? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, coming this September, it's Triple G. Canelo part three. We've been getting fired up with these stare down videos. How about this? Canelo and Gennady going to Yankee Stadium uh, about a week this. and a half ago. Here's Canelo warming up in the uh, locker room. Your thoughts? He doesn't have great mechanics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he could beat me within an inch of my life and then some, but he kind of throws like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Let's just <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's fair. Good golfer, though. Definitely good golfer. Yes, and he here golf, is... I'm told he's actually pretty good as a golfer. Oh, he he goes on those celebrity tournaments. He does very well, very well. Uh, here are they. Here they are. Excuse me. Staring down at home plate at the Dude. new Yankee Stadium. Dude, it's it's. I'm I'm. Yeah, yeah, Luke. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say, the, the, these stare downs have been 
Dude, this time, I'm telling you, Canelo's always been like, ugh, like annoyed with him. This time, he can barely stand the sight of him. Yeah. Uh, this one should be good. You think that home plate has any smart qualities to it, Luke? Uh, does it call Uber for you, like the PFL smart cage? <laughs> then if not, well, that's a good segue. Shit. Let's let's go to Atlanta. Here's PFL. I think it's Atlanta from Friday night, Luke. This this started at the tail end of our live show, so we didn't catch it live. But here's Kayla Harrison, uh, advancing to the playoffs, dominating again against replacement. What Caitlin Young was her name, Luke? Yes, Caitlin Young is a legend in the sport. But you know, this was she was badly overmatched. I mean, let's just be real. Oh, yeah. good I mean, lord. Kayla she's getting she's getting her, she's getting manhandled here. Neon yeah. Belly couldn't quite finish it, but you know, this is. Uh, speaking of domination, remember Ray Cooper the third, the defending welterweight champion, had that had that really bad fight last time out, Luke, where he just kind of was gassy and and wasn't into it. Dude, he made up for it here against Brett Cooper. Watch this barrage, as the French would say, probably. Oof. Oh, brother, brother. Dude, up against the fence, Ray Cooper's going to put some hands on you, son. Oh, 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 Damn. man. Boy, referee's just like, yo, son, you about to, <laughs> you're going you're to have to take a lot more damage before I step in to save your ass. <laughs> Dude, that was like John Jones versus Shogun Hua. Like, that was just an ass kicking, Luke. Yeah, it was. Ray Cooper, Ray Damn. Cooper is, he's tough. Hey, Luke, remember that awesome scene in the in Indiana Jones? Uh, the, uh, the uh, what's the first one called, Luke? Uh, Temple of Doom and all that. No, shit. no, Temple know. of Doom was the second one. The first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Remember Star, that yeah. scene where like that ninja guy was by the airplane, and then you know, uh, Indy just pulled out the gun and shot him. They tried to recreate that, I think, here, Luke. Are we going to see a like, murder? <laughs> then it looked like that other Indiana Jones scene, Luke. <laughs> oh boy, good lord. Oh, oh man. it's some kind of. Uh... Some yes. kind of Latin airline. Did you see that? It was like Chile, España. On the thing, you have, to, you have to unpack your own bags, Luke. In this, in this one, is this like Spirit t- on steroids? <laughs> I will tell you that, like, there's an airline that's like the rough equivalent. And that's not quite Spirit, but it's not great. Which is Copa. Copa is the one you take to go to, like, you know, it's like, it's like the cheap version of flying to South America. It ain't great, bro. It ain't great. <laughs> Are there chickens in cages on it, Luke? Or is yes, that extremely I have seen that shit. culturally yes, misappropriating right there? All right, Luke, let's get right into this countdown of the best fails of the week. That's what people care about. Brought to you by the white folks. Uh, hey, kid, why don't, you, uh, why don't you stop, drop, and roll already on this one, Luke? <coughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God, Luke. He, he got a little on him there, Luke. A little overzealous. Good you know, Lord. I'd like to say this is a learning experience, but I'm guessing these guys don't spend a significant portion of their life learning. He should be able to star in that mask redo. Remember that movie from the 80s, Luke? <laughs> yeah, no? it's like, I'm just going to uh, turn my face into, uh, into, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I didn't think this was part of the video. Take this down already. Good Lord, Long Island Luke. Come on. We're trying to clown the guy, not relive his pain with him. Wow. Wow, he lives sending Luke. a message there. PSA, fellas, don't put that shit in your mouth. I think HR might be sending us a message after that. Hey, at least the guy didn't die like that circus performer that time. RIP. Uh, Luke, let's go to the boat launch. You're always going to catch uh, white fails there, Luke. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, the car. Oh, oh you're just going to get oh, run over. Oh, say goodbye. Say uh, goodbye. Say goodbye. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, it ain't summer and it ain't, it ain't fail season unless you're. Uh, Setting up a ladder to jump into a pool. 
And you're also white. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, have a oh, eat a eat a dick. Just <laughs> All right, even you on see, the uh, I mean, could there be something less surprising than this dub T having above ground pools and then his yeah. ladder fails? I mean He had know. a warning track around his pool that should have uh, get let him know he was getting close. Just like this outfielder, Luke, in a major league baseball game joining our fail list this week. All right. Deep to center field. He hits the warning track. You know what it looked like? The movie The Naked Gun when they ran that highlight video, Luke, of like the tiger coming out to eat the to eat the shortstop, you know what I'm talking about? This is me after Friday's show thinking everything was going great and then sitting down at dinner, you guys are like, that was a disaster. Well, Luke, it was a double knockdown. I endured it with you, and so did this regional MMA double knockdown where anything can happen. Good Lord. So I guess if you can stand after getting brain damage, yes, you win. Yes, Good news. The winner gets CTE, but so does the loser, Luke. There we go. That's good. Uh, okay, Luke, your favorite game on this show, Would You Eat It? Here we go, Luke. I think they call this, uh, uh, it's an Italian dish. Spaghetti and shit balls, Luke. <laughs> is that like a tennis racket? What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's just colander. It's a strainer, Luke. It's It's... it's Wow, that you gotta you gotta really be hungry, Luke, to cook it this way. You know what I mean? Or maybe you just like to eat shit. Wow. I like how this came from Shannon the Cannon Briggs's account. <laughs> okay, uh, who who wants left? Who wants? Ex- there we go. Okay, uh, Luke, was that a no? I think that's a yeah, no. Yeah, not a All big right. fan of pasta cooked in feces. That's uh, <laughs> sort of a rule that I have. How about this? Uh, how about this condiment, Luke? That can't be real. It, it, I try it. I would try it at least once. I'm not a huge mayo guy, but if you give me a little little sweetness in that, Luke, I'll try it once. You ever try the uh, the root beer flavored barbecue sauce that that uh, that uh, what's what that uh, sweet baby Ray's put out, Luke? Not don't try uh, it. Don't try it. Don't. Try that sounds it. Right. awful. Uh, let's, Luke, you've been a huge Pepto Bismol fan during your uh, earlier bad health days when we first started morning combat mm-hmm. so what do you think about mixing this with your other favorite advice dot soda oh i drink the hell out of that yeah you would yeah you would does the, what is the what does the label say savor the pink uh yes 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 <laughs> that's a good advice for life <laughs> i think steven tyler was into that too luke when he was uh you know you know, pink when he... Okay. Uh, Luke, finally, uh, this is more of a Southwestern delicacy, but would you eat this, Luke? Oh, my God. Wow. Is that Chris Lieben? Wow. Dude, I've eaten cactus before, but only when it's like been pulled of its... Like, okay, yeah. I mean... It makes you Dude. tougher, Luke. It puts hair on your chest, all right? Yeah, it also destroys the inside of your mouth for no apparent reason, but okay. Yeah, but all so right. do t- tobacco pellets. You know, Luke, they put that little, a little beanbag in your mouth. The bandits. Yeah, little bandits. Yeah, yeah, it's, bi- it's big in podcasting. All right, this week in boxing, Luke, let's start off with this from down under. Isaac Hardman. That's his real last name. Look at this KO oh, he delivered. Oh, ho, ho, First round. Jesus. Wow. I say Hardman, who grew up with Hugh 
direction, Luke, apparently, as well. That's great. Look at that. That's Yeah, I'll sort You know, that, today Luke. is the day for you to get all these out because I can't really <laughs> shit on you today. You know, I got to take my L's. So today's the uh, day, my friend. Just have a blast. Uh, Luke, former Bantamweight boxing champion Zolani Tete, he's known for his calling card. When he knocks people out, he sings them the lullaby song, Luke. Here's him sending Jason Cunningham to the deep, dark depths over the weekend. Two southpaws. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It was not necessarily fully to sleep, Luke, but a nice finish just the same. Uh, Luke, the trend on this show lately in boxing is uh, boxers ended up getting knocked the hell out of the ring. Let's continue that trend. I feel like it's happening a lot these days. Oh. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, oh God. Jeez, Louise. Oh, he's up. Luke, he's up. Yeah, he's a little bit wobbly, and not just because he's overweight. I wonder if the floor kind of revived him, Luke. Yo, the floor is lava. <laughs> All right, uh, Luke, uh, tweet of the week. I, the Iron Sheik, the, the WWE Hall of Famer, sending boxing scribe Dan Rayfield to, <laughs> to the depths of hell as well, Luke. Did you see this? No. The Dan Rayfield one definitely can put away more of the hot dog than the Joey Chestnut, no question. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I... Uh, so my, some of my favorite food in the world is Persian food, and uh, Iron Sheik is from Iran. And uh, in high school, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to her. I don't even know if it's still around, but my favorite restaurant in Atlanta that served Persian food was called Salar. And I used to go to Salar as much as I could, and I went to Salar one time, and I was looking on the wall, and I was like, there's no way like they have like an Iron Sheik thing here. And sure enough, Damn on right. the wall, who had eaten there was like the Iron Sheik with the two owners of Salar. And I was like... I will always come back here. As long as it's uh, standing, I will always come back here. God bless. I love that. Great story. All right. Speaking of hot dogs, Luke, it was the Nathan's annual 4th of July hot dog eating contest yesterday. Luke, he came in tied with Rafael Nadal for the most wins in sports majors history with 14. And now Joey Chestnut stands alone, Luke. He ate 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes He's so to gross. claim his... 15th title and i think he probably blew a few guys after luke what a performance right well sort of in previous years he had cleared 70 now obviously he's got a lead on his like peers by a significant margin but you know his performances relative to his peaks has declined i'll agree with that but he has 15 titles overall and uh i mean I, does this help his love life luke seriously I don't know. I will say this. Number one, where is Takeru Kobayashi, who before Joey Chestnut was like the man, and then he had a falling out with like the competitive eating league and didn't like them? Dude, make a comeback already. Make it competitive, all right? And the other part is I would ask, dude, what are, and I, I asked this on Instagram, what are the, a serious question, what are the long-term health outcomes of people who eat competitively? It can't be great. <laughs> I can tell you, Luke, because <laughs> I wasn't sanctioned, but I did eat out of gas stations competitively for 35 years, Luke, and uh, the diagnosis ain't good, I'll tell you that much. Uh, that. Luke, you said Joey wasn't up to his normal standards. I think I got footage of why. This is not doctored video. While Joey Chestnut oh, was, I did see this. was doing this, a protester, a soy boy, comes running out, Luke, and look at Joey Chestnut put it on him. Yo, Joey was like, yo, rear naked choke time, Darth Vader. Oh, God. And then he what went does, back what to... What does this goofball sign say? Expose what? Um, Battleship. Battlefield Death Star? 
I, I think the the name it's like Mythfield or something like that. I think there's some type oh. of uh, uh, I don't know what he. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what he was protesting, Luke. Bro, but, Vader hasn't dude, taken was, an L like this since Obi Wan chopped him up in Episode Three and left him on the side of the volcano river. <laughs> with from the higher ground, of course. Show the uh, second angle of this. This we have a lower angle like this. I, I thought it was a doctored video at first, but Joey Chestnut was bout it, bout it, Luke. Get the, he's like, get the fuck off the way. I got, I, I got innards to destroy. I think he just turned into Chewbacca right there. That was great. You know, he could feel that Sith presence. Well, the Sith always comes in twos. Good lord, damn! Yeah, old, old Joey wasn't having it. And Luke, for the fifteenth time, here's footage of Joey after the event. I mean, it must be torture. Like it must be, it must be torture for that asshole, Luke. Right? How many times have you been in a situation like this? Wow! And I was talking about his body part, not him as a person, Luke. Joey Chestnut is a legend. No, no seriously. How many times have you been on the commode where you were like relatively like this? Uh, this in the past week on Vegas food, Luke. Uh, actually, uh, often. But thank you very much. All right, uh, Luke. Also, I don't know if you see they for the second year in a row they added a chug contest. Your winner, uh, hot dog veteran Eric Badlands Booker, who chugged an entire gallon of pink lemonade, the fastest to get the win. Good God, yeah, we should I mean, get just mainline sugar into his eyeballs. What are we? What is this? Wow, wow, diabetes, diabetes, indeed, Luke. Damn. Um, you know who should compete in that? Ronnie Deutsch from uh, from Internet oh, Drinking. Yeah. Fame. Oh yeah, I'd yeah, love he'd to see absolutely that. he'd he'd actually house Badlands Booker. Damn right. Uh, Luke, did you see this boxing presser from two weeks ago? One guy in the UK brought a dildo. You heard that right, a dildo to talk trash to the other one. And Luke, they don't like that shit. I mean, I feel like, oh, 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 shit. Yo, that woman's just like, yo, this is what guys do. They just put dildos in each other's face. <laughs> Imagine like when her mom called her after, oh, how was work today, honey? You know, oh, well, you know. She's like, well, two guys behind me who were not gay, or at least I'm not sure if they were gay, fist fought over a dildo. So normal, you know? Normal. Normal, normal day. All right. Hey, look, let's go back to the uh, Major League Baseball diamond. There's some hijinks. Check out this White Sox fan. Going to great lengths to catch a ball, Luke, taking off her prosthetic leg. Does this turn you on? That's a winner in so many ways, my friends. That is yeah. a winner in so many ways. Life gives you lemons. You make motherfucking lemonade out there. Using Das Boot to, to haul that in. Uh, let's go to the Astros at Enron Field. What do you think that Field, boot Luke? smells like? <laughs> oh, come on. God, Lord, just Fair question. Uh, no, no she's, she's an overcomer. She's a survivor, Luke, please. It, yeah, no, come on. Let's see this this poor Astros fellow, Luke. Fuck the Astros. Why don't you go bang on some garbage cans? Oh, oh boy. Like, karma. Use your secret camera to film that, dude. Yeah, oh, as my wow. wife would say, Castigo de Vino. How about yeah, that? Indeed. Damn right, Mrs. Thomas. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, did Tuki like her Crocs or no? Oh, bro, she lost it. I got my girl some Crocs on. They were on sale. There was a Crocs outlet in uh, Las Vegas, and then there are Minnie Mouse Crocs that light up when you walk. She loves them. Oh, love that. Love to hear that. Uh, let's stay in the uh, old ballpark. Check out this uh, hero using one hand to prevent injury from other people. 
I've done that when I played Little League and just chucked that shit like a million miles. Oh, yeah. This guy fielding the, the grounder like it's nothing. Bro, yep, he just got caught it. that bat. He caught that bat like a superhero. I don't know who that is, but. Me neither. Even though I'm a Mets fan, Luke, but I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm taking a few decades off. Yo, right why now. do baseball players wear the Jan 6 glasses? Have you noticed that? They love those. The Jay Aaron glass? What? Uh, no. Um, uh, we got more, Luke. Here's another foul ball mishap. Let's check this out. Here's the pitch. Oh, boy. Oh. That's, that's not good. That is... Wow. Is this a minor league team? I didn't even notice. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, that guy could have ate because ate there's that no right netting the behind behind home plate. Nope. Oh boy, right in the old. I think was that in the Bear Cup? The beer, bear, beer. Let's see. It topples it into him. Oh wow! Hold Amazing. that. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Luke, a lot of requests for this one to show up. Uh, Phillies at Mets, I believe, or maybe it's the other way around. But check out the behavior here in the crowd. After this zealous Mets fan talking to a little Jay. Oh. Wait. Oh, he's, at, he's, in, he's in Philly, and they just chucked his phone? Yeah, you don't do this in Philly, bro. It looks like they're in New York, actually, right? No, that, that's Philly. No, they're right? in Philly. Right. Yeah, they're in Philly. Bro, who taunts Philly fans in Philly? Yeah, I mean, come on. You're Santa asking Claus? because your yeah. ass whooped in the parking lot, a.k.a. or yeah. the men's room or any other part, really. Dude, they don't give a shit in Philadelphia. There you go. Look at that All mom right, look, with her kid just taunting him to her face. That's that's how it is in Philly. Look, I've said this story before. My entire baseball life experience coming up was Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium. Sitting in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium where, like, you know, they'd clip your ticket once if you did something really offensive and then throw you out at two, and they'd put you in the jail downstairs, Luke. And, dude, like... If you showed up with other clothing on in the late 90s to so the bleachers of Yankee Stadium, it got taken off of you and thrown. Like, it doesn't matter if your wife or kids are with you. Like, kids weren't a lot. You know, you don't want to bring your kids that shit. Batteries getting thrown, food, whatever. Luke, I, I told you this story before. 2001, I go to a Cubs game, sit in the Wrigley Field bleachers, take my shirt off like a bleacher bum, get vicious sunburn to where I had scar. I still have scarring today, Luke. But I was like, yo, to my friend, tee up Jim Edmonds, and then I'll say really foul things about his mom. Because, Luke, that's how it's done in places like Philly and New York. And when I did that shit in the Midwest, they called security on me, even though I was taunting the other team, the Cardinals, Luke. And they came and, like, got in my face and, like, bitched me out, dude. They're like, we don't do that in Chicago. I don't you know Luke, shit about Chicago to say that. Fuck but. Chicago then, Okay. I mean, I like Mike Ditka and Ray Flores, but fuck Chicago, all right? I like Chicago. Chicago's a cool city. All right. Hey, Luke, how about you rate this tat? Check out this uh, overzealous <laughs> Batman fan, but I think you're going to like the technique here. Holy shit. That is an excellent tattoo. Wow. Yeah, that is. Uh, I wouldn't want it, but that is extraordinary. Okay. Okay. Good to see you very, didn't become the... Very good the fun police and take away from this guy. But speaking of the fun police, Luke, we got a few of them this week. This is definitely you in retirement uh, taking a rent-a-cop security job and telling those stupid skater punks where they can throw it, Luke. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck these kids. <laughs> That's my number one rule in life is fuck them kids. Uh, let's move on to the parking lot here, Luke. This guy's trying to be an entrepreneur. He's trying to start a second business. He calls it Tease for Titties, and the local police not so happy. What's wrong with that? 
That's a good deal, right? Also, this guy is probably gonna, has a hard time seeing titties in real life. Like, you know, give him a, help him out. Yeah, yeah. Look, you ever talk to, like, your old grandfather, and he's like, we used to play tackle football in the street, and you're like, yeah, right, Gramps. Apparently it's a thing, Luke. Let's check out these uh, these fine yes. young men yeah. in, the, in the urban setting. Nice little screen pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell that garbage who's boss, Luke. I like this route he's running. He looks like a mixture of uh, radio and... Uh, and what was that Adam Sandler football movie look? <laughs> I don't know. I guarantee he's still better than any running back the commanders have. Bobby Boucher was the one I was looking for. Not water the yard. Yeah, water boy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Luke, our fight of the week did not take place in the octagon. It took place by the pool. Did you see these two old white bastards? One probably stole the other's uh, high noon, Luke, or White Claw. This is actually and- me and BC after the Friday show. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had to we had to fight it out, you know. I accept. There's BC punching me. I accept That's a it. short right hand. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I accept it. And, uh, you know, just ducking and nearly falling into the water. I mean, look at these off-balance fatsos. It's just unbelievable. It's, oh, Jesus Christ. And then he's just getting whooped up on here, and then he oh, goes. For the, he's going for the Homer him, Simpson sweep. Yeah, he got the Homer Simpson sweep on him. That's nice. Get the get the high high crotch. Run the pipe, bitch. And look at the look. I mean, this is the saddest shit. And then doing like women's MMA from like 1999. Fucking throw. <laughs> that was a judo toss, Luke. Come on. Head toss. I mean, it's just the saddest shit on earth. And then some All nice right. dude is breaking it up in sandals. You just know if someone's breaking up your fight by the pool in sandals, you're a fucking bum. That's what yeah. you are. Uh, Luke, a lot of people don't like A-Rod because he just won't stop being his cheating-ass successful self. Here's A-Rod playing hoops on a yacht. Rate the rate his game here, Luke. Or don't. All right, we got some bonus uh, content right here, Luke. Did I send the wrong link? It's possible. It's very possible. Well, here's some motherf- Here's some white people uh, risking death for no apparent reason. Uh, <laughs> here's what Dana White won't do for sure, Luke, and... Why a meal? By the falls. way, dude, did you hear anything? I heard, obviously you hear a gazillion rumors. Did you hear anything concrete about why Dana was completely absent from the biggest weekend of the year? A lot of COVID rumors, but I did not get anything concrete, and I would only be speculating, Luke, beyond what people have rumored or speculated themselves. But I hope he's okay, Luke. We need him in this game, okay? All right. We do. He won't be doing that. I don't know what's next. What do we got? One more? We got we got this uh no, no A Rod clip. clip. All right, he Luke. He hits like a fall away jumper on the yacht, and then like talks all this game like a rich piece of crap. Uh, Luke, we do have one final guy. This this is no no. This is not you at the live show, but check out this drunk guy just ruining this wedding. Luke, he don't care. Yeah. Oh, he's white. How out of <laughs> character? Here's Luke talking to the crowd at the live show. This is show. me talking to BC. Yeah. Trying to hump him. <laughs> He's like, no, the wedding's going great, right? Yeah. Yo, what is this? What is this fucking redneck about? <laughs> you just. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? I, I give him a little bit of. I, all right. All yeah. right. My man's working Some, a little bit there. Somebody turn the Jason Aldean back on. I, need I mean, he's got, the most, he's got the most ill-fitting clothing and the worst shoes you could ever wear to a wedding. But you know what? It came in handy. He's definitely packing heat too. There's no question. Look, oh, that dance he had like seven get. weapons on him. Every time yeah. I go, like, there's weird. Like, you've never been. By the way, next time we go to Vegas, uh, a I hope I don't get a communicable disease. And by the way, hilarious that I don't get any problems until I go to Red State America, which Nevada's a little bit purple, but even blue. But you get the idea with how many donks are there who are not from Blue State America. 
But the, either way, oh, we should okay, go to, that, we, look, you, you can't condemn everyone who votes right wing, Luke. I mean, don't, don't, no, don't, don't I'm not, but it's like, it. I've, you know, I have no problems not getting COVID here. And then this minute I go to Las Vegas or the minute I go to Florida, I get communicable diseases. But yeah, neither here, well, to neither be here fair, I hate both sides, including you, Luke. But yes, that's fair. On. That is more than fair. Neither here nor there. The thing I was saying was we got to go to a range. You can always tell how good the shooting range. And I'm being dead serious by how in shape the like the range safety officers are so like if you go to like i went to one place i won't even say this name it went up in flames and like people would like routinely kill themselves there you had the fattest people on earth and they would have nothing but a fucking batman belt filled to the brim with knives fucking handguns the whole thing and then you go to the like the locked on ones where the guys are like either reservist or former you know military guys and they're all in shape if you the range safety officer is in shape Yo, that range is locked on. If you got a fat so up there, I'm not trying to fat shame, but the reality is what it is. You got a proud boy who's just like hiding in plain sight, who doesn't know shit, and uh, you're probably gonna have someone off themselves next to you. So just keep wow, that in okay, all right. Uh, as Jim Gray once told Javante uh, Davis, Luke, okay, all right, enough is enough. There, thank you. All right, all right, yeah, okay. Uh, that's the shit of the week. Luke saw. It. Thank you. Uh, was wait, which place did you take your wife to on your first date? The latter or the former? No, forget it. Forget it. I All took right, her to Luke, uh, Silver Eagle, which was the which was a good range, very good range. It didn't burn down like that great white concert in Rhode Island. Oh Luke, that's Jesus! Good. In Rhode Island, no, no, it, not it, like that. No. All right, uh, Luke. We have one other segment we do on Wednesdays normally. And Morning Combat at Gmail dot com is your path to get there. Please don't DM me unless you, unless we unless we have that. All right. Oh, you can DM me. I don't care. Don't send me your fan sub. Send it to Mikey Mormarl, our, our proud host from CBS Sports, our producer, our man. Um, Luke, the first one comes in from... Oh, sorry. Uh, every week, you make your artwork and your tight t-shirts work for us. It's called got mail. Fan Submission. Viewers. We've got mail. Yes, Luke. Viewers. Viewers. Do we have any... Female viewers who weren't accompanied by another man at the show. We had, we had a couple, right? Melissa Loves Nachos was solo, I think. I don't know if she's solo, but what a sweetheart. It was great meeting uh, her yes. along with uh, so many of the people that... It's like, you know their name, Luke. You know them from fan subs. Then you get to meet them. By the way, Luke, some guy uh, glad-handed me some contraband, by the way. <laughs> you know, it happens on the road, Luke, okay? Was it jizz-filled Land Jaeger? What was it? <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll bring it up later. Uh, Luke, this was from Rob with two Bs. Seriously, two Bs on that? Uh, hey, Donks, I'm currently taking a year-long sabbatical from work travel through Central America and South America. Holy I'm in Mexico, shit. and I have two things to bring to your attention. While in Puerto Escondido, I couldn't help but notice some potential copyright infringement issues that this T-shirt printing company may be committing by using Luke's face without permission. Luke, what does that word below it, that sentence, mean? I don't know. I don't know what serografía and sublimación mean exactly. Uh, I'm guessing it's just printing, uh, but Luke, I don't know. That's I don't you. Know that's like watching. Well, here's, like going here's what I realized. It's actually, on- it's actually not me, but what I would say is there's pro- every town in Latin America probably has an old bitch like me. And <laughs> so this is, this is whoever the local old bitch is. It's like European vacation when they got their camera stolen and then all the pictures of... Uh, of uh, of Beverly D'Angelo were all over on like side of buses and stuff. Luke, remember that? Yeah. You may find yourself in like a men's club one day. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, and secondly, following my morning run recently in Puebla, I came across what can only be described Holy as the shit. ultimate structure to pay homage to everyone's two favorite wash dads. Luke, is this a tip-on-tip art installation here in Puebla? Yeah. Dude, Puebla? This, is, this is the highest level of art. Now, it's not quite the same art as the guy and his friend who got the tattoos of the guys grabbing dicks together, yeah. but it's certainly on par. I, I respect this. Thank you so much, Rob. And P.S. says Rob, speaking of tips, my next stop is Columbia. Luke, what advice and suggestions do you have while I'm there other than BBL spotting and margarita guzzling? It's MK. It's all day. It's nearly every day. It's Rob from Edinburgh, Scotland, the birthplace of Sean I gotta tell you, My experience is they don't drink a ton of margaritas down there. I mean, they, they have them, but it's not like a super prominent thing. My best yeah. advice, and I mean this sincerely, doesn't matter where you go. Colombia has a ton of fruits that literally aren't even sold here. You can't buy them at Whole Foods. You can't buy them at farmers markets. They don't. They don't exist. Lean into some of that. Get the foods there. You cannot like, especially the fruits that you cannot get anywhere else. There's a ton of them. The biodiversity in Colombia is wild. So, do that. I'd be interested in sampling that with Rob. But this is the real Saul, Luke, not the pretender, not Anthony that I missed up. By the way, I also missed up Jeremy O on our live show. It was a different Jeremy O. I, you know, I, I mean, apologize. listen, it wasn't our I'm best washed. day. You know, what are you well, also, I mean, I was <laughs> I was a little messed up too, Luke, okay? That's true, all right? <laughs> yeah, a so, little secret. You couldn't yeah. tell because I was uh, running around like I was on fire, but BC was a little fucked up too. When I wasn't spilling drinks all over myself. All right, this is from Saul. I hosted a cookout and pool party this weekend and smoked my first brisket. It took 12 Ooh. hours, and it was the first thing that was gone compared to the hot dogs, brats, Ooh. and burgers, all while wearing the only merch worth wearing and spreading the word of love of okay. MK first of all, all day. That even hot on dog is an day. abortion. I mean, let's just call that what it is. Yo. You, that that hot dog is an abortion. It, I mean, Roe versus Wade would eliminate this hot dog. I, oh what are you going to do? God. All right. Uh, the brisket looks pretty good, except BC. Now, I'm not a brisket expert. Put the pull the f- full frame back up for just a second. Mac and oh, cheese looks yeah. all right. Beans look all right. The Dude, brisket. This looks like is heaven, it a little except too for those done? pickles. Dude, those pickles. First of all, pickles are just dressed up cucumbers, like trying to look fancy at night out. Well, of they're the like, They still suck. Okay. Get those off. Pickles are great, but that no. they don't put pickled like chips in a fucking hot dog bun. I mean, that's look. Weird. I have five enemies in life. Okay, spiders, pickles, black licorice, thunderstorms, and me. Oh, and, and chicks <laughs> who smoke tigger- cigarettes. Look, okay, those, those. That's about it. All right. Yeah, I like pickles, but they don't. And I don't even mind a pickle spear in a hot dog, like Chicago style. But this one. This one's is a Cannibal Corpse album. I mean, what are we doing here? Okay, all right, but Saul, the real Saul, love the guy. Okay, Luke, yes. and yes. and did you accuse me of saying that all Sauls look alike, as if it was some like you know? No, Anthony looks like him, Luke. They're he just does. different he sizes. Does. All right, he does. I agree, he does. Uh, Saul, thank you for repping us there with your hat at yes. the at the party. You did great. All right, let's go over to Henry from Los Angeles. Happy fourth or fifth, since it's the day after. I woke up this morning after a brutal fourth. I thought your hawking of AG1 could help me recover, but alas, it did not as I've run out. Don't know why my phone was recording me at exactly the time I woke up, but hey, thought you guys deserved to see this. Thanks, RJ Dinkle Thumper Grundle Humper for the hat. I appreciate it. Let's see this Donk Henry here. He don't fuck chicks, Luke. There's no chance here. Let's see what this guy looks like. 
He looks like the rapper Esoteric. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we doing a bit here, Luke? Skits and bits from Henry? Skits and bits. Yeah, you know, listen. <laughs> I love the mouth breathing. Oh, we got oh, the AG1. The AG1 would have worked. It would have revived you, Henry. Yo, buddy. Yeah, sorry, bro. That's hilarious. Damn. That's, That's hilarious. well well done. Henry, look, I didn't know Henry before this. Maybe he's been on this segment before, Luke, but he ain't Saul. He ain't uh he ain't the uh the David Appleton, all right? This guy's coming on though. Uh here's Timmy Pooh sliding in. What's up, Luke and BC? During last week's fan subs, you received a, a sub from a donk named Chewy. Who mentioned he was called a donk while walking through DC? That go. was me. We passed each other during an intersection at the National Mall. It was one of the hottest days of the year, and we were both sweating buckets. So I said, Sup, donk, and kept walking. Here I am with my big, beefy rescue dog, Apollo, in front of the U.S. Marine Corps War Memorial. I was a 0351 from 2010 to 2015. Luke, your thoughts on Timmy Pooh? Yeah, infantry. He was infantry. Um, and you could tell he looks like a Haas Marine. Also, that quote there is like one of my all-time favorite quotes from Admiral Nimitz. Uh, Uncommon valor was a common virtue. Um, from yes. the Pacific campaign battles, I really... That's one of my... That's one quote... Like You know, the Marine Corps gives you a lot of propaganda, and, and some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. That one, you ever, that, that quote has always stuck with me. Did you ever see the 80s war movie Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman and Patrick Swayze and... Uh, um, a few other big names, Luke. It's no, but I think um, I've heard the uh, the Vinnie Paz and R.A. the Rugged Man song using that quote. Yeah, yeah, great shit right there. Uh, Timmy has one more. The second photo is a little bonus. Rate my tat featuring my dog Apollo. Party Man is a reference to the Prince song from 1989's Batman. You two big oafs are on the East Coast. So when are we going to get an East Coast meetup? The degenerates near Vegas have been spoiled enough. Love everything you do, seriously. MK, every day, till I pass away. Luke, rate Timmy's tat. It's okay. Oh, oh yeah, I know that voice. Dude, Mr. Heboss all over again. I know that voice. I know that it's delay. Not, it's not great. It's not great. Um, but it's not terrible. It's okay. It, okay. I mean... Listen. Yeah. It's a dog. Here's the, I was trying to explain this to people. First of all, I have terrible tattoos too. Number one. Number two, you get them for yourself. You don't get the. I know that seems hard to believe because people think I'm getting it to show you. And I suppose there's some level to that. But like in general, you get it to reward something about your life. So it doesn't matter if I like it. What matters is if he likes it. And obviously that dog. By the way, the dog is awesome. Can we both agree on that? The dog is tremendous. Love that dog. Love this guy, uh, Timmy, too. You know, he was a, a Marine, Luke, and that's not ex or former. He is a Marine to me. Semper did you go, by the way, when you were here, did you died. go by the 8th and I area? I went across the mall through the World War II memorial, and no, I didn't know side. that the, 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 the 8th and I is the opposite side of that. It's on the other side of the Capitol. It's past Capitol okay. Hill. It's where the Marine barracks are, and it's where the Commandant of the Marine Corps, who's like the top general, lives. But I'll try to explain this to people. One, it's just a row of restaurants and bars. You should go check it out. But the other one is you'll see Marines standing guard with big-ass rifles on the street because they're guarding the Commandant's house. So, uh, yeah. And then that's where they have the silent drill team who puts on shows all summer. It's a, it's a, it's a cool thing to go check out. Remember Commandant Lassard, Luke, from the Police Academy films? The guy was the best, right? I remember Hightower. He was big and strong. 
I mean, how cool was that guy who made voice noises, Luke? I mean, he's probably annoying to like be married to, but that guy was the best, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, his best man speech was just like R2-D2 fucking jizzing or something. Who knows? <laughs> wow, yeah. It'd be a good co- com- comedy routine, Luke. Uh, this is uh, from John, who says, this is BC's cycle. We'll see what that means, okay? I don't quite get it. Uh, I don't get it either, Luke. They just swapped our heads. So if I put on muscle, I'll look like the guy on the left. And if you, yeah, but I, I, I don't have a lot of muscle. I'm, I don't look like. I mean, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Thanks, John. We'll try again next week. Yeah. I think Mikey, Mikey's away today. Maybe he didn't. Uh, maybe uh, he let you the. You know what? The quality let, control was missing. Let a loose one in here. Uh, let's go over to Alice. Is that a, ch- a chick? Representing MK at the UFC X, which was the fan festival. See the attached. It's your fan, Alice. That's hilarious. Oh, I, I like guess that. Her last yeah. name is Upon. So you, yeah, you get to. I did one of those with, at a Canelo fight one time, Luke. I was staring down against Canelo. I like that ish. Shout out to Alice, Luke. Shouts to Alice. Female viewers. We, we got one. We got one. All right. Uh, Luke, this is from David. Me and my lovely lady have been rocking the MK gear I got for Father's Day. Yes, that's an MK hat, as well as the live International Fight Week show was hilarious. Luke turned into a full frat boy, and BC wasn't the belligerent one for once. What a turn of events. Fuck yeah, MK, all day, from shady South Florida. Live long and stay high, donks. And P.S., don't mind the Snapchat filter my girl took. It is what it is, bruh. Max Holloway voice. It's David. Luke, you like you like this man? I was gonna I was gonna kill him for the filter, but now that he acknowledges it, I have nothing to say except thank you for the support, brah. Yeah, he got his beautiful lady involved. This is you know he's he's spreading it. He's spreading his seed, our seed on his family. I'm into that, Luke. <laughs> Believe me. Okay. Yeah, you get what I'm saying here. Okay. There we go. Uh, this is Scott. He says uh, made it over to the strip for your beer house show, not brew house, beer house show after work. I understand how you think nobody works in Vegas, but maybe a 5.30 or 6 start would have been better, you East Coast pieces of time travel garbage. Anyways, I was able, unlike Luke, to show some skin behind the OG other guy, BC, like the dude at his press conference question appearance. I wasn't as focused as uh, as him. Blame your traveling circus of freaks, crew, and equipment. Just kidding, they made you bums look good. I wasn't trying to wait in line and rub dongs with y'all. You got male viewers, though, that showed up but took some underground background stalker pics. Thanks for coming out. Hopefully, y'all survived. It's Scott. Yeah, I didn't see this donk, Luke, but I I appreciate him coming by just the same. Yeah, I don't recall meeting him in the line, but if he came by, I appreciate it. Dude, you see that dude who was like 7'3 that came in our line, Luke? Yeah, that was Luca. Oh, no. Well, Luca Fury showed up, the the handicapper, and... uh, I didn't. I remember the, the 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 name of the other guy who was tall as shit. I had to look up to him, which is pretty rare. Yeah. But he was tall. Uh, yeah. Hey, we got fans of all sizes, Luke. I like that a lot. I guess we close with Danger Mouse because that's the rule in these parts, Luke. Oh, uh, God, hi, is BC. He kill me? I'm back again from my regular slot. I suspect Luke might have already taken a beating in this segment, so I'm going to start with you. With your abandonment of your co-host on Thursday, when you could have hung out with Luke on his own show, but instead went shopping. Maybe that's what triggered Friday's events. <laughs> there was this. There was this. We got out. We got Thursday morning. I'm like, hey, BC, what are you up to? He's like, I'm going to go get records with Bron- Aaron Bronstetter. And by the way, not you. 
pussy. And I was like, uh, that's a little strong. Yo, you but okay. hate records, bro. You hate it. Um, they have a second one here from Danger Mouse. Anyway, back to Luke for his recipe for Friday night's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, the only yo, part Danger about this Mouse that I can clown is he spelled margarita wrong. I like that part, but yeah, yeah. The gist yeah. of the joke is that this is about the most perfect meme you could think about. Uh, well yeah. done. Uh, he closes with, finally, I'd like to wish all you treacherous Colonel bastards a belated 4th of July from the mother country and leave you with Luke as the Patriot. That's right. Me and Mel Gibson. Except <laughs> I try not to fights. be racist. Luke, he was at the fight. So was Vince McMahon. What a wild night at the office. We weren't but even bro, at the Did fight. you see Vince McMahon? My man looked like he aged. 40 years in the last 40 days. Dude, I, mean, I tell you, watch whoa. that WrestleMania match he just had, Luke. It should not, they should not have allowed that. Holy shit, he looked bad. Um, not in terms of wrestling. We know he looks bad. He's 70 fucking years old, but like he just looked like, like an old bastard, Luke. He um, that's old. the shit this week. I want to shout out one more fan, Luke. Um, I forgot his name. Maybe you remember. The guy who told us he he came here from India on vacation. Yes, kind of I forget built, his name as well, but yes. he's He came up to me and he goes, you know... I'm from India, and I represent my home country, unlike Luke. But he goes, BC, I'll tell you one thing. Every single 90s lyric that you drop, I pick it up. I get you. You know what I mean? I, I see what you're putting out there. So unnamed fellow from India who traveled on his vacation to see us and UFC 276. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who, again, for whatever your experience was, positive or negative from Friday's show, there were a lot of people who, by the way, there was a lot of people from Vegas who showed up, which is cool. But there was also a lot of people who traveled there from Arizona, California, wherever. Uh, we appreciate them as much, if not more, given what the challenges they had to overcome to to get there. So thanks to everybody. Again, you know, one more time. Sorry that I played a role in, in the biggest one and making it not great. But we will do them again. They will be better. You can be sure of it. You can bet. We'll utilize our more guests better. It'll be it'll be great as long as you can yeah. hear us live. Then it's going to be a great show, really. Like, I also, I've got like, that much the beer house was great, BC, but I do wonder, like, if we, I'm just making this up, but if we had done it in a coffee shop, would it have gone off the rails, you know, something like that? I don't think or it would Or a church have. or an elementary school, yeah. Yeah, we, elementary we, school, we some shit like that. We would have kept our stuff together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to remind everyone, obviously, there are some fights this weekend for <laughs> UFC, but also Showtime, showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, keep it. If not... You can bounce. That's up to you, but you can go do that. Now you want to email the show for Friday's Dead Wrongs, and I imagine there's going to be a metric ton of them. Morningcombat at gmail.com will be the place to be. You want to get some merch? Easy to do that. You go to morningcombat.store. we got some cool stuff heading your way, so be on the lookout for that. BC, any final message for the folks here before we call it a day? Uh, Donks, we did that trip for you. You voted us in on those awards. You showed up. You showed out. People watched at home. They spoke whether they liked it or they didn't. You heard our retraction, redaction apology today. We love you. We do this fun shit, whether it's high court or room service diaries or whatever, because you guys dig it. You guys get us. And that, I mean, thank you. Thank you to all. This is not, Friday's live show debacle is not the end of MK. In fact, it's just going to fuel an even better documentary it's going to fuel an even tighter relationship between two sexless men that is the foundation of this show okay luke you're great i love you even Thanks, if bro. you secretly hate me when you're drunk it's cool luke okay it's cool no, most people actually in my life more. secretly hate me okay i, I yeah. listen i turned i turned into a listen where you know this you know this we grew up in an era where when guys got drunk they and they still even now but like 
we just shit on each other all the time. There's oh, yeah. a right time and a wrong time, and like you can have the volume up to five or you can have the volume up to ten. There was a lot I didn't calibrate, but it's all for show. I, you know, yeah. you're the best. I'm so glad you're my my my, my friend and my business partner and my uh, quarterback. Yeah, that's right, bro. Indeed. So next time, next time, I'm gonna make sure everyone gets exactly what they had hoped for, and then maybe a little bit better. And and we will. What do you it, think it about happen. that donks question, though? Will there ever be an East Coast meet and greet? Does it have well, to be Vegas International no, Fight Week? Think about this. I mean, I don't know who's gonna be there, but like. Do you think MMA fans are going to show up for the Jake Paul? Oh, you're not going to be there for the Jake Paul fight, are you? I'll be there for the fight, not for the whole fight week. Not for the whole fight. I, mean, I was going to say my birthday is the day before the fight. My birthday is August 5th. There could have been an opportunity there, but if you're not going to be there, I guess not. But the answer is, dude, UFC is going to go back to New York City eventually, right? Like, they're going to go. Um, we'll just do it when they go back. We'll just do it when Heck they go yeah. back. All right. And look, I, I want more of this to be a thing. Everyone, you know... We staggered the times without really planning it, but people came to ours. They went to aerials. All good. All great at the end of the day, okay? Support. Look, the co-main event podcast Podcast guys had their own get-together. Yep. So, so this is great from the fans. Let's, let's let's keep it going. Absolutely. There's more. There's room for everybody. Uh, all right. So for Showtime, for CBS Sports, for Malka, for Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas, and everyone else in the MK universe. We appreciate you guys watching. We'll talk to you on Friday. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal.